This is Unfilter, episode 210 for October 26th, 2016. During the last presidential debate, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump sparred over who was behind the WikiLeaks release of Clinton campaign documents. Trump says no one really knows. Clinton says 17 government agencies say it's the Russians. Tonight, why who was behind the hacks doesn't really matter as much as whether or not the information is true. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a big show lined up for you, but before we get into any of it, I want to take this time out right now to give Miss Hillary Rodham Clinton a big happy birthday! Woo! Happy birthday, Hillary! Because really, if it wasn't for you and emails and Benghazi and YouTube and Syria and all this stuff and ISIS... If it wasn't for all that, half of this show would probably be really boring. So I want to say thank you so much, Hillary. Thanks so much. And she's in the chat room, as you can see, HRC there in the chat room. So give your love to Hillary. Yeah, I'm sure Uh, that's a care one. Yeah, that's that's it. Chase, it's good to be back with you doing a a regular traditional format show because we did the uh, live debate, which I don't think is everybody's favorite thing. And I don't know if it's my favorite thing, but it's fun to mix it up every now and then. Well... I think some people get confused because they expect our, our normal show, and then they forget, like, four years ago, we did the exact same thing. Yeah, and um, I, I think probably our, our next one will be the, we'll do Tuesday night, the, the live election. That is an unknown for me, uh, because since I am now a broadcast engineer. Sure, sure. And that's actually one of the biggest nights of, yeah. of anything. Interestingly enough, though, uh, the, the station's going to be preempted by national coverage, so they're going to kick it to the network from 4 to 8, and then they'll bring it back for local coverage. So, But everything's got to work. Everything's got to work. You know, we might have ourselves a, a nice roundup of, uh, of participants, so it might, it might all work out, but that'll probably be our next thing, which will be on a Tuesday, of, of course, the 8th. Uh, and then I'm going to be traveling for a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping you and Noah or, or you and somebody will be able to do a show. I'll talk to you guys about that more later. Okay. Right. But I, hopefully this episode will be a chance where we can really get into some of the WikiLeaks, the Podesta emails, some things that are uh, really just uh, FOIA requests. And I, I think all of that needs – we need a good episode dedicated to breaking down some of the latest and the greatest because a lot has come out since the debates. But, you know, we do like to cover world events, terrorism, and, of course, the cyber. Cyber. Yeah. So let's start with the cyber tonight. And we begin with a developing story, a series of cyber attacks today against the Internet. Some of the biggest websites were affected. Chip Reed has the latest on what happened and who might have done it. Chip Reed. The attacks began early this morning as websites from Twitter to Netflix, Amazon to Spotify slowed to a crawl or even stopped. A second attack hit around noon Eastern time, apparently even affecting the FBI. Like the first attack, this one focused on Dine Inc., an Internet switchboard for numerous major websites. The attacks continued throughout the day. This is definitely going to get worse as as we go on. Dan Ackerman, who writes about the Internet for CNET, oh, okay. a division of CBS, says that they're known as denial-of-service attacks. And that is when a lot of computers around the world who had been previously hijacked start sending out dummy data to a particular target, and that blocks that target from being able to do its job and show you the websites that you want to see. One big question, who is doing it? 
Late today, WikiLeaks, which for weeks has been putting out hacked emails from Democratic officials, suggested in a tweet that its own supporters are doing it and asked them to stop taking down the U.S. Internet. You proved your point. Did you did you catch that? I did. And what do you think of that? I, I, I think that they're a little bit big of themselves to think that they're the ones that caused this. I think this was a pre-planned situation. Obviously, it's showing the holes in the IoT. And, yeah, I think they're just trying to jump on board. I um, Jump on the bandwagon. I, we, we, will, we will pick it back up as the, as the news narrative evolves. But I like this next interview they're about to do because this gal, uh, she, doesn't, uh, she doesn't do anything. Right. What she does is she works for the Department of Homeland Security okay. at CBS. So she, her job is to be like the media outreach for the Department of Homeland Security. But she doesn't have any other expertise than she's just... So, so she's like a PIO for... She's an on-premises... DHS. So, do you think there's one of her in every major network? It might be. M- must be. It, it very well could be. Wow. It doesn't look like the kid in a basement with a laptop. It looks more sophisticated than that. Uh, thanks for but that Fran example. Fran Townsend, a Homeland Security consultant to CBS News, says investigators will also wait be a minute. Looking- Homeland Security consultant. Mm-hmm. So she may not work for the Homeland Security I th- Department. Well, I Googled her, and I think she does. Although I, it was I, this is like three days ago. Oh, but okay. yeah, yeah. Whether another nation is behind it. Perhaps Russia. Is this sort of, of a pushback pitch yeah. from the Russians sending us a message that we should be pretty careful about engaging in this sort of cyber activity with them because they are very capable? The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security say they are investigating all possible causes, but so far they have not pointed the finger at Russia or WikiLeaks or anyone else. Charlie? Thanks, Chip. Thanks, Chip. Yeah, good job, Chip. So that is uh, the cyber attack, cyber, cyber attack. We'll have more on that in the overtime, but let's go below the surface. Uh, let's go look look beneath. Let's get our expert over at CNN to take us into the Internet Troll Factory in uh, Russia, okay. where the trolls live in a factory. <laughs> There's already an official U.S. allegation of state-sponsored Russian what? hacking. Yes. I like the idea of an official allegation. So I'm officially thinking maybe you did something that I'm going to call you out for. Maybe. Right, maybe. And then they, they, like to, they like to work in this meme, name and shame. They like to make sure you get that meme dropped in there. So this is CNN uh, trolling or t- tracking down Russian trolls. U.S. allegation of state-sponsored Russian hacking. The dumping sensitive data to influence the U.S. presidential vote. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails. But there are also concerns the Kremlin is using the Internet to manipulate political opinion. In Russia, according to one former Russian Internet troll, and in the United States, too. Wait, wait. Yeah, so yeah. so they're, they're yeah. saying that Russia might be using to in, the Internet yeah, yeah. to manipulate the election. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, let me ask you a question, Chris. Just, I'm just going to blue sky this. Yeah, okay, okay, sure. sure. All right. uh, what do you think uh, political action committees do? Yeah, or uh, NGOs. Uh, or PACs. That's the same thing. The other thing, that, the other thing that they just really quickly toss it in there, but if you listen closely, they're using a quote-unquote former troll as their source. Uh-huh. So listen, they just drop it in super quick. According to one former Russian internet troll. You see, one former internet Russian troll. In Russia, according to one former Russian internet troll. So this right now, so what they're about to tell you, this former Russian internet troll is their source. In the United States, too. 
The U.S. elections are the key issue for the Kremlin. She was a former internet troll? Yeah, and apparently she was a former internet troll that worked in a troll factory. And that troll, the, the employees of this troll factory were pervy to Vladimir Putin's specific intentions in regards to his geopolitical ambitions. And also, you notice the utopian sort of shot they're doing here. Instead of using video out, like HDMI out for this Skype call, they're doing this weird shot of like a monitor. Yeah, they're shooting the screen. To make it look low budge. Yeah. Russia has invested a lot of effort into them. That's why the troll factories are working. I have no doubt. Now, the irony of this. So what they're suggesting is that uh, what she says is that Russia has has an Internet troll factory where these Internet trolls go out there and try to muck everything up on behalf of Putin. And, you know, the irony of this is, is there is actually one political group that does have an army of potentially millions of Internet trolls. And that's the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Correct the Record group that goes all over the Internet. They go to Wikipedia. They go everywhere. They actually do have a hired factory of trolls. Right. And they're... Still putting but this they on Russia. Don't call it trolls, Chris. They're just out there correcting the information, correcting the record. That's right. Troll factories are working. I have no doubt. It was during the Russian-backed rebellion in Ukraine in 2014 that evidence first emerged of pro-Kremlin troll factories filled with bloggers like Ludmila Savchuk, killed her. to spread false information online. This is awesome. Conflict. I like that they're talking about internet bloggers. Right, and they have these big military tanks. And they tanks. are showing huge-ass <laughs> tanks. And they're and shooting. And missiles launching. Yeah, they're get, launching. And get the trolls. And they've they're got to be talking about the most docile group of people. It's the, really... The, these guys that are super passive-aggressive, they don't want to be in public. They are juicing this thing up into production, getting the B-roll and the sound effects. Oh. And Kremlin troll factories. Filled with bloggers like Ludmilla Savchuk. Those spread false information online That's a tank. about the conflict. They were even caught on camera in this office building in St. Petersburg. Holy shit, Chase, that's a group of people wa- running into running a, into a building. Oh my god, that must be them. An army of trolls, secretly filmed by a former employee, uh, spent 12 hours a day, according to Savchuk, praising the Kremlin, berating its enemies. Blog. That, that just looked like a lab. That, or, that, that didn't look like anything. Or like a training room or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, I know. An internet chat room. There are chat rooms? It's so sophisticated and adapted for the tastes of internet users that it's almost impossible to recognize. Oh, they're pandering to internet users, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But this is paid propaganda to brainwash and to make people believe all the lies spread by the Kremlin. So if the media is distributing propaganda, but it's paid for by the advertisers, is it still fair to call <laughs> Paid propaganda? Right. It all fits with what U.S. officials say is a much broader Russian effort to sway the presidential vote. Russian state media is overtly pro-Trump in its coverage. Washington says there's mounting evidence that Russia is supplying WikiLeaks with hacked emails from the Clinton campaign. Of course, they got to turn it to Trump, right? Right, they, of course. They have to turn it to Trump to make it. So somehow they go from cyber attacks and Russian trolls, troll factories, and now we're at Trump. It's beautiful. But, it's, well, well, one thing you guys got to realize out there as we're making fun of this whole piece, they were talking about Internet trolls. And the background, the B-roll was military action. Was missile fire. Missile tanks, fire and tanks. Machine guns. 
in your mind, just ask yourself, does that really match? And I think unless you've edited video, maybe you don't have a full appreciation yeah. of the amount of intention that goes into every... That is very intentional. Yeah. It's they're, not... they're, they're trying to paint a message to the general public out there that trolls equals war, equals fear. Yeah, but just picture yourself on the Final Cut timeline putting that putting that together, yeah. which you could easily do. Oh, yeah, just drop it on top. And that yeah. would be, yeah, I mean, it's really something. It yeah. is, it is, it is the, the intention behind that is to really associate, and they go from internet troll factories, Ukraine, really scary stuff, altering elections, and Trump. And it's just, they do it so smoothly. Yep. Yep. The U.S. has now publicly blamed Russia for hacking the U.S. election. So what are its options to respond? This is CNN. Five ways First the U.S. can stop the hackers. publicly name and shame hey, Russia the, name for shame. hacking the U.S. election. The this meme. is something that the U.S. has now done. A second option is economic sanctions, either against the hackers themselves or groups working for the Russian government, individuals, perhaps senior Russian leaders who approve the hacks. We are just totally now 100% in the mode that, that they are responsible for this. We're not even questioning it anymore. Or Russian institutions. And this is a tactic that the U.S. has used and is using against Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. Another option is to file criminal charges. So the, he just said that Russia invaded Ukraine. Charges against the hackers or hacking group. Trouble with that is you have to meet a very high legal standard to pursue those charges. A further option would be a diplomatic response, perhaps in the UN, perhaps punishing what? Russia on other areas of agreement. Final option, perhaps the most serious, would be to attack back in the cybersphere. Oh, attack back. In the cybersphere. Attack attack back in the cybersphere. Cybers. Cybers. Well, it turns out uh, the U.S. is making noise. That's exactly what they intend to NBC do. NBC News has learned that the CIA is planning a cyber attack against what? Russia. Sources say that... What? All right. There's, a, you know, there's not a lot of things I agree with uh, Donald Trump on. But one of the things I do agree with him on is when he says, you know, we're telling them what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. NBC News has learned that the CIA is planning a cyber attack against Russia. Yeah, a lot of people said that. You know what I think it is, is that they you do this intentionally. This is a press yeah, release. Oh, yes. Sources say intentional. the target is President Vladimir Putin and other Kremlin leaders. The strike would be in retaliation for alleged Russian interference with the U.S. election. The CIA is presenting options to President Obama. With- I think what they're considering doing is doing their own document dump on them. Which could include revealing how much money Russian leaders move outside their country. See? Some breaking news overnight about and that. So there's there's that. That was an NBC News exclusive, yes. which means no one else knows. U.S. officials have reportedly told NBC News <laughs> the CIA is preparing for a possible cyber attack against Russia. The move would apparently be intended as retaliation for Russia's alleged interference in America's presidential election a charge Russia denies and for which it says the U.S. still has no evidence. It said an attack would seek to, quote, harass and embarrass Russian authorities. And former U.S. diplomat so Jim Jatras, however, thinks there might be other reasons for a cyber offensive against Dick Moscow. Picks. <laughs> no, it's going to be money. Yeah, well, maybe we'll be some... This uh-uh. is almost like a, like a press release 
that the government yep. is giving out as yep. a warning shot or really a threat against the Russians. That's what it is. Yeah, That's, it's totally a threat because uh, because honestly, if you're going to do something like this, you don't announce it. See, that's the CIA. The CIA does all kinds of stuff secretively. That's yeah. the whole point. But there, you got to have a tough guy face for this. And uh, Biden has been putting on his best tough guy face. Check out tough guy Biden here. Look uh, at this. Watch this guy. Destroy it. All right. Final question. When um, uh, I talked with ambassador, former Russian ambassador Mike McFall. Yeah. And I, we yeah, talked about yeah. the idea that every once you you you, you got to respond when you when they're hacking. You got to do something. When, when they're uh, hacking, he described it as yeah. a high hard one. Maybe just you know, sort of like in baseball, you throw a high hard one to send a message. Why haven't we sent a message yet to Putin? No, uh, Biden's going to go all tough guy. Now, I love, I love so what you got to do? That. What you got to do is get a shotgun. Okay, it's just a double barrel, double barrel shotgun, and you just go. You know, that's all you need to do to get rid of the criminals. <laughs> why isn't that's a whole that's an old callback? Why isn't the question? <laughs> why isn't the question? Why why ha, why don't you have definitive proof yet? Why isn't that the question? Right, right. They, so they go right to how why are, are you going to get them? Why are we going after them? Just assuming that they're they're yeah. Guilty. Where's your proof? So Biden he puts his tough guy face on. He's We're sending a message. Oh, we have the capacity to do it, and uh, the message he'll know said, it. He'll know it. It'll be at the time of our choosing, and under the circumstances that have the greatest impact. Uh, look, um, look. Will it be enough? Do you think that'll get him to back it, off? Yeah, and and actually, I think uh, old uh, Todd here has given him too many prompts. I think he should have let Biden stew in it for a little bit because he was kind of delaying. He was kind of collecting his thoughts, and he tossed him a. He'll know it. And that's that's kind of a he's kind of leading the witness there. We have the capacity to do it, and uh, the message he'll know said, it. He'll know it. And it'll be at the time of our choosing, and under the circumstances that that could have been have the greatest impact. That's uh, true. Look, um, will it be enough? Do you think that it'll that's get obviously back enough? I mean, how concerned are you that the country is actually going to question the result of this election? Oh. I am not concerned. The reason I'm not is we're working very closely with all the departments of elections across the country. Give me a break. Number one. Number two, the American people are pretty damn resilient. The, the, oh, the system's distributed, and it's a bunch of people in gymnasiums counting papers. That's why they're not going to be able to hack the elections. Yeah, it's very old school, and it works pretty well. So we got some great concrete details on how the Russians got their hands on Podesta's and others' emails. We got, were you ready for the proofs? We got the proofs, Chase. Today's right. cybersecurity experts confirmed that experts. the Gmail account of Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman was hacked by the same Russians who have targeted other Democratic groups. Oh, okay. Nancy so, Cordes has that. I'm sure they're going to give us the proof here. Yeah, Boy, that WikiLeaks has done a job on her, hasn't it? Again, uh, this is something that is happening now in all of our clips, and I apologize for those of you who are sick of the election. The issue is, is the media is is weaving the, the the media is weaving the election narrative into every single story, and it's just absolutely rampant right now. Trust me, it makes me sick too. For two weeks now, John Podesta's emails have provided Trump with a steady stream of new material, revealing how a passel of aides massaged Clinton's positions. Again, and what they're doing is, well, we're covering this in the context of, well, Trump's talking about it, so therefore we must. Not reporters are digging through these archives and discovering, or our I, best news people are analyzing this. Instead, it's, well, Donald Trump is using it in attack, so Well, no. yes and no. I, I think there's a possible third option, and I think the third option might be, we have all these emails, we have all this stuff to cover, let's link it to Donald. You know, it's, you know, and to to kind of not have so much heat on Hillary, but link it to Donald. And does so, it subtly reinforce that Russia did it for Donald? 
Right. And, and you know, and that's because he's wh- taking advantage. Right. And you know, that's where they always call back to his clip when he talks about, "Hey, where's those thirty three thousand emails?" And then they cut off the speech, and he goes on to the fact, "Well, no, no, I'm just, you know, it's like it's Donald being Donald." <laughs> For two weeks now, John Podesta's emails have provided Trump with a steady stream of new material, revealing how a passel of aides massaged Clinton's positions on trade, Wall Street regulations, and the Keystone Pipeline. I mean, what they said about Catholics and evangelicals and so many other things. Today, the cybersecurity firm SecureWorks said it has determined that Podesta unwittingly entered his credentials on a fake Google login page set up by Fancy Bear, a notorious group of Russian-linked hackers. Yeah, he got a bit.ly link where the real URL was hidden. It got in his email and he clicked it. So it's his fault. It's the most basic hack. Yeah, it's... it's, if you call it a hack, it's It's hard to call it a cyber attack. Yeah. It's hard to call it a hack. Podesta was lured to the site by a shortened link in one of his emails, a practice known as spear phishing. <laughs> in a statement today, the Clinton campaign said there is no longer any doubt. No doubt now. No there's doubt. no doubt. Of course, we don't know why, but there's no doubt now. That Russian President Vladimir Putin is trying to help Donald Trump by weaponizing WikiLeaks which has already released 23,000 Podesta emails and says it has 27,000 more. Today, for the first time, the site even posted seven emails President Obama exchanged with Podesta in 2008. She China. has no idea whether it's Russia, China, or anybody else. I am not quoting she has myself. No idea. I am quoting Last night, Trump no questioned Russia's involvement, as he did in both previous debates. On the final Our country has no idea. Vice President Biden said today that puts Trump at odds with the entire U.S. intelligence community. More tough guy. And then he says, as a major party candidate, for the world to hear, playing into the hands. I've never seen him this fired up like this. Well, this is sort of the role the VP often takes. He gets to punch harder than the main guy does on the on the ticket. And so this is the roles they played when they were campaigning for Obama, and he's just kind of picking it back up. Right. But yeah, he's really dialed it up to 11. And I think he's gotten really good at when his brain stops delivering new words to his mouth. <laughs> he's really gotten good at like using that, that, that silence and using that downtime to look like he's being serious about something. Yeah. It's a real good technique when you're starting to get old like Joe, and he's starting to... Things are just arriving a little bit slower in that mouth. Kennedy, for the world to hear, playing into the hands of Putin, that our country has no idea. <laughs> he didn't like that very much. He didn't like that. How dare you question anything? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, you know what? I think that Biden's uh, just hitting hard like he's supposed to be. He's out there hitting it like he's supposed yeah, to chase. Yeah. Don't, uh, you know, they talk hard about Russia. But, you you know, I remember back during Obama's election, there was this audio that came out. Do you remember this? I do. This was Obama saying, hey, don't worry, after this election, because a lot of this anti-Russia stuff was being kicked around back then, too. And this is Obama saying uh, with a hot mic on, hey, don't worry, after my election, I'm going to have more flexibility, we'll be able to calm things down. My last election, please. Yeah. After my election, I have more flexibility. Yeah. 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 And then he says, I'll pass it along to Putin. So that's Obama with a hot mic saying, you know what? This is just how we do it. This, this is just this, this is what this is all part of the process. This is, just don't worry about it. Don't We're just going to get I'll through send this. You a fruit basket. We'll have a beer. It's good. We'll, we'll have a beer at the beer summit. Yeah. The beer summit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, about world events. Right. 
terrorism. Terror. Terrorism. The war on terror. Not terror. all children will be lucky enough to cheat death in the war-torn city. It's not only military action they need to worry about, but political solutions offered by the West are potentially dangerous as well. Murad Gazdiev reports. If you know what you're looking for, you may be able to tell that there's something odd about these children. And there is. They all have cancer. And many- Can you believe this? RT is hitting it so hard right now. Is this holy crap? Right, and I, I just I, I just want to show you because RT when they you know when they're told to dance they dance. Many of them are dying from forms of cancer, <laughs> right? But are perfectly treatable. Just not here. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, I've been they I've they have been scrambling like crazy. And we'll be right back. They have been they have been going nuts recently. It's been really something to watch Russia just totally RT just totally freak out. And I think it might be related to this particular our story. Our channel's bank in the UK has given a notice that it will close all our accounts without any explanation. But here's the official statement RT received from the bank. So they got all of their accounts shut down, they're screwed, and they got sent a letter just basically out of nowhere that tells them what happened. We have recently undertaken a review of your banking arrangements with us and reached the conclusion that we will no longer provide these facilities. Our decision is final, and we are not prepared to enter into any discussion in relation to it. How about that? How about Wow. Thanks, Sol, and thanks for all the fish, RT. See you later. Boom, you're out of here. Get your ass out of here. Wow. Yeah. So RT's just, I don't know, they're scrambling these days. They should just go to a credit union. I mean, they have good rates, and it's all about customer service. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of of, uh, scandals. Yeah. I mean, because that could get scandalous for RT. It could. Mr. Chase Nunes has gotten wrapped up in a scandal of his own. (laughs) A federal judge clears the way for owners of Volkswagen and Audi diesels to start getting money back for their tainted vehicles. Cash payments will average more than 25000 bucks, but problem solver Connie Thompson says it'll be a while before anyone actually gets a check, right, yeah, Connie? Yeah, got to have some patience. Today's ruling means half a million VW and Audi diesel owners can finally get ready to return their cars to Volkswagen and eventually collect some cash. But if you call a local VW dealer now, they'll just direct you to Volkswagen's corporate hotline or website. After more than a year of being stuck in neutral, Chase Nunes can finally move forward with the Volkswagen buyback of his Jetta Sportwagon TDI. I liked this car a lot. I mean, it's a fun car to drive. He already filed a claim, but he just learned the actual buyback could take months. They're going to send me a letter once they approve my documents, and then I have to have it notarized. To get his money, Chase had to go to a special website and continue the claims process. I had to take pictures of all my documents, upload them. Okay, dude, what's the story with that laptop? (laughs) Yeah, Audi owner, what's the story? What's the story with that laptop there? What do you you mean? Chase Nunes, Audi diesel. I'm not even an Audi. There's a minor error. I know, I know. It's funny because they're showing shots of a of a Volkswagen. So this laptop is a is a bit of a beast. Is this your work laptop? <laughs> Website is the, what? Where does that thing come from? So that must be a stock machine they just have you use because there's nothing on the start bar either. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. This is yours. No, this this is a. Uh, <laughs> This is a reporter spare laptop. And continue the claims process. It was a problem. I had to take pictures of all my documents, upload them. 
So scan them in. All you need to know is at VWCourtSettlement.com. How much Chase gets for his car depends on the year, condition, and mileage. The Federal Trade Commission says owners of eligible 2-liter VW and Audi diesels fitted with illegal emissions defeat devices can expect between $12,500 and $44,000 in compensation. Lease customers can terminate their contracts without penalty and also get money back. But all compensation requires an appointment with Volkswagen's representative. And the window for appointments is up to 90 days from the time a claim is approved. We're in the home stretch, but we're not because there's still more to do. Chase figures he'll be lucky if he sees his money before the end of the year. In the meantime, every mile he puts on his Jetta could reduce the amount he gets paid. That is a that is a double so, whammy there. So all those scenes where they were zoomed up on my face and I was typing on the laptop, I was doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. Just they needed B roll to fill in, so they, so they could do they, those cuts. They wanted those cuts. So um, and there was some lighting set up. But that was our conference room at the station. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. That was our tough book. Um, so, Mr. Chase, yes. why don't we take a moment now, now that we've done a little media debunking and done a little media ourselves, and mention how this media is made possible by our patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter, where 519 of you have thought, you know what, this show gives me something of value, something yeah. worth listening to, and I want to keep them going. I want to encourage them and thank them for working hard on this crazy, crazy election, which, boy, I, I, I cannot wait for this election to be over. Dude, you have no idea. So do we have anything in the sack this week? Should I? Uh... You know what? Yes, we do. All right, I'll fire it up. Let's go. Fire it up, yeah! Woo! <laughs> okay. Let's go to my sack. All right, Chase, get in there. Let me look at my taint. All right. No. <laughs> you did it. See, people, now the people that hate it are really going to hate it. They're going to hate it. Hey, uh, uh, Veratuna wrote in and said, I talk about scary times like, uh, times like coming apart from the uh, obvious scary thoughts of either Clown Trump or Ringmaster Clinton becoming president is enough to give anyone nightmares. The situation across the world is also pretty disturbing. In the UK, it looks like we're going to lose out on all the civil liberties argument with the IP bill loudly proclaiming we got to catch them all. Yeah. And by the way, you know, that whole uh, Pokemon Go thing, man, what happened to that? That's just gone, right? Uh, <laughs> we also have the likes of Cisco courting UK ISPs who are already under the IP bill will be forced to monitor all internet traffic and come up with a system that will identify live pirate streams by deep packing inspection Yikes. and watermarks. Jeez. This is on top of the weird things that have been happening around Julian Assange. First, a panic tweet from WikiLeaks saying that his internet was cut off, and since then, no one has seen him. The good guys over at Slash R Conspiracy joined some of the dots with that fact that London Airport was hit with a mysterious CS gas attack, at, and the airport was cleared on the very same day. That gave rise to the theory that Assange had been re, uh, re, I guess uh, relocated and smuggled out of the UK via London Airport. Hmm. When truth is stranger than fiction, eh? Where would it all end? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot uh, going on about Assange right now. A lot of rumors, and WikiLeaks said he's fine, but they're being kind of cagey about it. and They haven't shown him, and you know. I can't help but notice now a, a, a trend with Julian Assange where he does shit for attention. Yeah. And he seems to have – I mean I'm very thankful for WikiLeaks, but he seems to have a huge ego. Yeah. He does PR stunts on a regular basis in the last few months. And I just – I have 
more shits to give on so many more things than what's going on with Julian Assange right now. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine. And if if this is a political, st- if this is some sort of stunt, that's going to be really disappointing. Is that the whole sack? That is it. That's the whole sack. If you want to be a part of the sack in the future, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash unfilter. Join Club 33. And by the way, Chris, yes, I, don't sir. You, I don't know if you knew this, but right now the club is closed. We are full in the club. Club 33. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, um, how many do we have in there? Cause we well, have... it was 33. So, you know, it was 33 slots for uh, 33, uh, okay. 33 per month. Yeah, we should probably talk about opening that up a bit. Yeah, because I know, and we talked about this before, it's not just as simple as opening up more spots because we want to make sure we have the right balance to take care of the people with the swag club and everything. And so... Uh, we'll look into opening up more spots for Club 33. But you can get on a waiting list. Uh, Patreon lets you do that. So you can get notified when a slot opens up, and, oh. you, can, and you can jump right in. So yeah. And there's other levels, too, where you can get the uh, supporters sync. And we're also posting the entire live stream whenever YouTube lets us uh, for anyone. Just yes. visit the Patreon page. Yes. So I just really quickly, because we have so many things to get into yeah, today, but just because I think this could be significant for the election, and I think this is sort of a significant thing for a, a large majority of our audience, I feel like we should cover it, even though we don't often talk about Obamacare. Millions of Americans will face big price hikes and fewer choices when Obamacare open enrollment begins. The government says the cost government. of mid-level health plans next year will increase by an average of 25%. Yeah. That will hit consumers. In 39 states, major carriers are dropping out in some markets. About one in five consumers will be able to choose from only one provider. Government numbers show about two and a half million Americans not currently enrolled could be eligible for subsidies to offset cost increases. We need a bigger understanding of why this is happening, you know, because the idea was not only to spread coverage around, Mm -hmm. but that by spreading the coverage around, not only would it help people get more preventative care. I can tell you, Nora, why it's happening. It's real simple, I know, and the watch is, she's she's like, this is an outrage, and then she just moves on, because it doesn't affect your watch. It does just a second. But ultimately bring the cost down, and instead, the premiums are skyrocketing. And so the question is, what happened? Yeah, and who's who's profiting on this, or is is the way the law was set up failed? It's a really interesting story. All right, the eight-year-old daughter. And moving right along, moving around. Yeah, it is getting bad out there, Chase. I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing next year. Well, you know, and I don't know if you have any clips explaining what the problem is. Well, Bill says if you... What would a country that was interested in being stronger together to do? You keep what's good about the law and attack the problems. She's the only person you can vote for that wants to do that. He just said, I want to repeal this law, trust me on the rest. Look, what are the problems with the law? We can all tick them off, right? The co-pays, deductibles, and premiums are too high, and the drug prices are too high. So what That's not necessarily the problems with the law. All right, so go ahead. So that was Bill's take on it. Well, well first off, you, you have uh, you know the, the uh, exchanges, the health exchanges, that cannot go over state lines. Right. So it's you know, you can only shop for plans within your own state. I and I've and I've heard this and I'm and I'm not trying to steal from anybody, but but I agree with this, that they need to take that away. They need to make it 50 states. They need to just open it up wide open. Second thing they need to do is make sure that you can't jump in and jump out whenever you want. I mean, sure, they have a penalty. But the problem is, you know, the way insurance works is you get a lot more healthy people to jump in and pay for the people that are sick, right? Well, that hasn't seemed to pan out. No, I've, I've read stories of people who jump, you know, they jump in, they have a pre-existing condition or something they need to take care of, and then they jump out and they stop paying. 
And, you know, so it's one of those things where what do you do in that instance? And and honestly, maybe there needs to be a single payer option. There needs to be. I just can't. Uh, what I can't get I around is the cost of the actual medical medical care services itself. It seems like until the cost of the drugs and the cost of oh, the totally. care is yeah. fixed, this is this problem is insolvable in its current configuration. Well, you know, another thing too is if you reveal how much it costs. You know, uh, there's a couple of clinics, like I think in Oregon, that put their full price sheets online. I know, like uh, Ever Clinic in our area, they put some prices online, and if you pay in full and in, in, in cash, you get a discount on things. Uh, there needs to be more transparency in that, and you know, more competition in that. Uh, obviously, they the the health companies like to keep things the way they are, and and the other thing too is, to be fair, health companies they're they're raising their costs. Because everybody's raising their costs, right? It just there's no limit. It's out of control. Yeah, it's going to put me in a really. I'm going to have to make a hard choice next year. Well, it, it's going to get to the point where the penalty is going to be cheaper than actually paying. I think it was almost there. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it must be yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's our thoughts on the Obamacare stuff. We it's, don't usually talk about it much. No, it's awful. And the one thing I I do like about it is it got rid of the pre-existing condition thing. And and a lot of people, uh, you know, it's not, you know, if they have a condition and they lose a job, that's another thing too. Jo- uh, health benefits should not be tied to employment. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it should be a separate thing. They should all pull us together. But you know, it is what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a that is a nuts thing. So we we've been dancing around the Assange stuff. Let's just do a, a little quick hit on what's going on with Charlie Hall. WikiLeaks has accused the U.S. Secretary of State of pressuring Ecuador to restrict Internet access to Julian Assange, who's been holed up in the country's embassy now, of course, for more than four years. It happened after the whistleblower made public a batch of emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman. RT's Polly Boyka has got the latest from London. The question of who cut Julian Assange's internet off uh, has been a bit of a mystery since Monday when WikiLeaks said it was done by a state player and there were plenty of theories swirling around. But like any good detective novel, the culprit turned out to be right under the protagonist's nose. The Ecuadorian government has said that it was them um, who disconnected Julian Assange from the internet. And they explained it in a statement with words to the effect of, well, look, we don't want to be seen to be involved in meddling in the affairs of other countries. So they've said that WikiLeaks is free to continue its journalistic work unimpeded. WikiLeaks have already responded to the news. They have said in a tweet online that uh, they believe, and they have it from multiple US sources, that it was John Kerry who put pressure on the Ecuadorian government to try and stop Julian Assange from meddling in the US election. I, Gary calls up. He's like, look, you guys, you got you to sh- yeah. do yeah. something here. You yeah. got to shut it down. Yeah. They want to make sure that, you know, they want to, they they got a point. You know, look, you are essentially enabling this guy right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that that was coming. And I don't know what he's going to do to get it back. Because if they if they pulled out the Ethernet connection. Wireless <laughs> hotspot? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe somebody could chuck him a MiFi through a window. Here you go. <laughs> don't worry, it's not tapped from the NSA. Uh, we played this last week, but it's so precious. It's so wonderful. And we're going to see how the media has really been spazzing out about how to cover these WikiLeaks. Sometimes they go all in and get crazy. And sometimes they say completely random bullcrap. Also interesting is, remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. Oh. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And- so let's uh, break some laws then, apparently. I guess yeah, we're going to start breaking some laws yeah. here. All right, Chris, let's break law first time. So like I was saying, uh, the media is really kind of losing their ass on how they're supposed to be covering this. They really have no idea what they're doing. And this first clip <laughs> demonstrates that. I think that's been proven. 
Hillary Clinton did not answer Chris's question about the pay-to-play allegations. New email leaks putting her at the center of a negotiation for $12 million from the King of Morocco. David Goodfriend, former Deputy Secretary to President Bill Clinton, a Hillary Clinton supporter. David, how are you? Good morning to you. Morning, I don't Bill. know who wins in 18 days, but the Clintons can raise a lot of money. Defend us. <laughs> He's such a doof. Well, I've had my emails to John Podesta posted on WikiLeaks, and I've noticed some discrepancies myself. I've, I'm pursuing the right channels to deal with it. But wait, I think we wait have a to minute. Talk wait first a minute. If, if he notices the discrepancies... Why don't he post his version of the email? Yeah, yeah. And we can see for ourselves, David. So you're saying that you've got emails that are now public and you say they're yeah. not accurate? I don't believe so. And I'm pursuing those. Uh, I can't talk about it here on Fox. but I'm pursuing those. This is like the, well, this is part of a criminal investigation, so I can't talk <laughs> yeah, about I it. I can't comment. Is, come on. But I'm pursuing the appropriate channels. Okay, to right, let, we'll, get so to my, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, I'm, assu- yeah, I'm going to pursue the appropriate channels. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, the appropriate channels. But no, but it's no, no, let's yes, go Bill. ahead and get yes. to this. Let's get to the Yes, chart. Bill. We this have to talk about the source of the This has not been denied. Hillary Clinton right. negotiated. Huma Abedin is on the emails talking about the exchange. Ultimately, she did not attend, but her husband and daughter did. Right. So, as I say... They're Vla- getting a $12 million payment, and as part of that, they wanted the dog there, too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Hurt campaign all came out in the emails, pushed back hard, said, don't do this, going to look bad. So Bill and Chelsea go. Vladimir Putin's email dump is oh. not exactly where I would go for my information. Thank you, Mother Russia. But I will, let's assume, let's assume for the sake of argument that all these emails are accurate. Here's well, how I would approach it. <laughs> Was official action taken as a result of a contribution? That would be bad. That is bad. something I would distance myself from and condemn. But if you're talking about a charity that says, I'll make a speech if you make a contribution. Show me a charity in America that does not operate that way. This That's was like done, this was done a, at the Indy 500. It was done a month after she announced her um, her campaign run. Did she, she make here, the speech? Here, here is I, the issue. Here is the issue. And Chris Wallace um, put the focus on it the other night. She made a pledge in 2009, eight years ago, that the Clinton Foundation would not be that we would not muddy the waters. And and now, to many, it appears that that was an impossible thing to do, David, based on the amount of money that was coming in, not just in this country, but countries all around the world. Yes. So if you want to talk more broadly, I mean, I thought you were talking about this oh, particular God. incident where she... Yeah, I know. This is the worst. Yeah, and it, gets, it goes on. In fact, it gets even worse. They really start fighting each other. Like, this is... They, they are mm. scrambling. And, of course, there is some doozies in here, like uh, Clear Connections, the Podesta Consulting Group, or the Podesta Group, which you might, the name Podesta probably sounds familiar because that's Hillary's campaign guy. His brother, John Podesta's brother, is the top fundraiser for Hillary Clinton. He's on the payroll of the Saudis, and he's the guy that bundles all of the Saudi money into the Hillary Clinton campaigns. Here is now another from the latest release of hacked emails from WikiLeaks. Hillary Clinton from August of 2014 claiming two U.S. allies, Saudi Arabia and Qatar, oh. were funding and supporting ISIS. So I want to underscore what they're saying. In Hillary Clinton's emails, she's openly talking about the fact that Saudi Arabia and Qatar are funding ISIS. Just side note, that is exactly what your Unfiltered show said the very first time we ever started covering ISIS. And we got so much shit for that. Uh, but there, that was, we've also claimed that there's a lot of crap that's come out of Qatar related to ISIS. Yep. 
So this is, I think, very telling, and I think it's great now to see this in the email and basically confirm something that we've been pretty sure about but didn't have any real concrete links. And here you see Hillary Clinton having a clear understanding of how this is arranged. In Qatar, we're funding and supporting ISIS, quote, saying in part to an email to President Obama's then-counsel John Podesta, we need to use our diplomatic and more traditional intelligence assets to bring pressure on the governments of Qatar and Saudi Arabia, which are providing clandestine financial and logistic support to ISIL and other radical Sunni groups in the region, end quote. Uh, that's a mouthful, and that is important. <laughs> that's important, what he's, I just said. He's such a goof. He's such a goof. Okay, so uh, now this is, I want to I make sure, I, I think I mentioned that I've got most of this all linked up in the show notes, too, and I got some articles that do reporting on it, too, that have talked about it. Right. I've, I've been reading a lot of this stuff. It's not really been covered much in the media. Right. It's been covered a lot in different uh, online writing outlets. But one of the reasons why the media is having a hard time with it is the Clinton campaign is really obstructionist when it comes to answering anything that's in the content of the emails. And they quickly tuck and roll into a, well, that's hacked from Russia, so we can't talk about it. You didn't want this huge contribution from the king of Morocco just as Clinton was announcing for president. Well, I didn't want anything on her schedule uh, that was going to distract from the campaign. This is Robbie Mook. He's the Clinton campaign manager. And he this is about seven minutes into about a 10-minute interview. And he has spent seven minutes saying, we can't talk about the contents of these emails. Those are hacked. Those are stolen emails. Emails. Those were stolen by Putin. And again, the Clinton Global Initiative had this meeting scheduled in Morocco. Yeah, but it was the big money from a foreign person to the foundation at the time she's running for this president. I, it, this was, as you can see in those emails, this was a scheduling matter. And I love that when it when it when it reinforces his point, though, he then he's fine referencing the emails. Right. Oh as yeah, you, as you could see in the emails. You could see in the emails this was a scheduling matter. But don't look at the emails because Russia hacked. At the time she's running for president. I, it, this was, as you can see in those emails, this was a scheduling matter. Uh-huh. And we didn't want her going overseas. I didn't want her going overseas uh, before the campaign was kicking Just off. Have her stunt um, but go. again, th- this is these are stolen documents, stolen by the Russians. Here it's it now is. confirmed from John Podesta. The- this is probably the fifteenth time, by the way, yeah, he said uh, this in the yeah, and, and now confirmed. This is now confirmed that we should not pay attention because these yeah. are stolen. And then Chris Wallace is about to hit him back with something that I can't believe we didn't think of. It's a t- it's a total logic catch that we usually call people out for on this show. And Wallace hits him in the face just in a moment being put out for this purpose. Well, the you, Russians I, you know, and Donald me, Trump I just want speak, this campaign speak to, to be that? something else right well, now. Well, let me just speak to that, though, because, you know, the, the Trump tax returns were stolen as well when they oh. were mailed to the New York Times. You guys didn't object to that. In fact, you jumped all over. Oh. Well, we don't know where those tax returns come from. Well, they from. weren't. I, they were clearly stolen. We don't know. And, and you'd have well, do you to think, work I mean, do you think that Trump on that. had given them? I, I don't know. I don't know how they got uh, to the New York Times. I guess what I'm saying is but, if that if, if that if we're we're looking at the fruits of that theft and I will call it a theft, what's fair to look at the fruits well, of your theft? I think what isn't that great. Oh. That is a that is a that is a great That's logic a trap. Thing. And and he totally has them because the Clinton campaign made so much hay out of yeah. all of the leaks that come from. Oh, Trump. yeah. Yeah. Particularly disturbing in this situation is that the intelligence community has now confirmed that the, that John Podesta's emails and the DNC emails were stolen by the Russians. I, I know about the Russian released- connection. I'm talking about the $12 million from the King of Morocco and, and the fact that this uh, continues to sort of show the line <laughs> yes. between yeah, right. private and public. 
and and uh, Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. I think we got to look at what decisions were made. There was a meeting in Morocco. Secretary Clinton decided not to go focus on her campaign here. And again, we're having but this then discussion Bill because Clinton the Russians went Chelsea Clinton to. went, correct? Uh, my understanding is that they did go. Um, my understanding. But she did what, not. You and again, know? this is the discussion the Russians want us to be having. They oh, stole this information. They're selectively leaking. I can't even verify you any can. of the information that you have there. We simply don't have enough time as a I campaign uh, to I promise to you. Sort so this is the other line. Sir, uh, so are you saying, saying, sir, that Morocco didn't happen, that they didn't go? And I, what I like is this uh, is the, the line that they use a lot is we as a campaign don't have time to verify the contents of these emails. It's just not something we have time for. Selectively it. leaking. I can't even verify any of the information that you have there. We simply don't have enough time as a campaign. Uh, to, I promise to you, sort if, these were these not real, if these were not true, you'd tell us. And we are trying to go through some of them as we can, but we don't have time to go through them all. Um, and again, this is a distraction put in place by the Russian government at the suggestion oh and, and encouragement of Donald Trump. That should be a chilling fact for every single American. Robbie, thank you. Do you see thanks how for he, your... wait. Yeah, did you see how he closed his eyes at the end there? Like, he, 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 he knows what he's saying is not true. Yeah, and that's Clinton's campaign manager. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Yeah, okay. So your good friend. My buddy. Uh, the DNC chair. She, Donna Brazil. Well, isn't she interim? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you, you might remember her. She's she, interim friend. She right worked now. at CNN. I think she worked at CBS. And yeah. she worked at PBS. She yeah. worked for the DNC. She worked for yeah. the Sanders campaign. So there was a leak email that came out where she says, from time to time, I get questions in advance. And then she sends, she sends a question about a death row uh, conviction. Word for word, it's what gets asked in the debate. You heard about all of this? Oh, yes, absolutely. So uh, your good friend. My buddy. Is talking to your other good friend. My buddy. Megan Kelly ta- is asking her a few questions, and she loses it. Donna does. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Joining me now, Donna Brazil, chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee. Donna, thank you very much for being here. So the Hello. the people involved in that campaign to incite violence at the Trump rallies and make it you know look like Trump supporters were violent when in fact they had been provoked by these folks looking for a fight say that this was in direct coordination with Hillary Clinton's camp and with the DNC Scott Foval the guy caught on tape who's now been fired said this is how it worked the Hillary camp pays the DNC the DNC pays democracy partners our group who pays the Foval group and that's the group that quotes that quote executes the expletive on the ground. Hey, Kelly, that, that contract, Kelly. Well, first of all, that contract, based on my knowledge, I became chair on, on July 28th. Uh, the contract uh, that is uh, allegedly uh, being referred to was not uh, signed until uh, June of 2016. I think all of that evidence is out there. Look, when you have a convicted criminal uh, sneaking around your office with uh, imposters that try to... We're going to talk about the Veritas leaks here in a minute. That's what she's referring to here. Uh, Are you referring to Bob Kramer, the head of Democracy Partners? No, I'm referring to Mr. O'Keefe in the instance that he has doctored some videos as he's done before but again going back to the so-called contract that you you mentioned uh, Bob's contract uh, according to the records that I was able to pull at the DNC uh, uh, was not uh, signed until June of 2016 so she kind of tries to dance around on the dates and Megan calls her on it he's the man who was at the White House 342 times and met personally according to the records with President Obama in some fashion over 40 times he's 
now been dismissed, but he's the one saying that there was coordination with the DNC. And this is obviously a very well-connected man. He, too, is a convicted felon, convicted for fraud. This is obviously not an honest person. And yet you were working very closely with him, the DNC. Well, uh, again, Bob Bob Kramer, I, I, I went back to the DNC the other day uh, when this came up after we learned that we had a, a, a trespass, a, a, a convicted criminal uh, sneaking around our office, posing as an intern. So these videos are about to play you. This is her stance on it. Then these two really get into very it. Very upsetting. And I love, My understanding I love is that CNN the email to I Donna Brazil. Well, Podesta's emails were stolen. You're so interested in talking about stolen material. So you material. deny it. You're like, you're, you're like a thief that want to bring into the night the things that you found that was in the gutter. <laughs> I don't know what that was. What? She's asking her about the forwarding the question, forwarding the question to the debate committee. You're, well, Podesta's emails were stolen. You're so interested in talking about stolen material. So you material. deny it. You're like, you're, you're like a thief that want to bring into the night the things that you found that was in the gutter. I'm not. Let Donna, me just tell you what I CNN's said. CNN's Jake Tapper Kelly. came out and said this was unethical. Somebody was unethically Kelly. helping the Clinton campaign. He said, I love Donna Brazil, but this, this is, is very, very upsetting. Yeah. And I love, My understanding I love is that CNN the email to I Donna Brazil, he, this is Jake Tapper. My understanding is that the email to Donna Brazil came from either Roland Martin or someone around Roland Martin. He said this is very upsetting and very troubling that's your own colleague at cnn it's not megan kelly who gave you that drops question? her own name in there uh, hey, megan oh, once again right. i've said it and i've said it on the record and i'll say it on the record and i'll keep saying it on the record I am not going to try to validate falsified information. I have my documents. Wait, I have my falsified? Files. Thank God I have not had my personal uh, emails uh, ripped off from me. And so Hillary's sur surrogates, is that the right term? Surrogates? They surrogates. This, this thing goes on. They are, doing, yeah. they are doing a real crap job this week in the email. And there's a couple of tidbits in these WikiLeaks that uh, touch back on topics we've speculated or discussed here on the show, okay. including some leaks that show some concern about Hillary's health. Dormant. Hillary Clinton's health seemed to be a concern for top aides when she was prepping for the first Democratic debate in the fall of 2015. How bad is her head? Campaign chairman John Podesta wrote to communications director Jennifer Palmieri, who replied, don't know. Huma left here about an hour ago. I just pinged again to ask about prep. Haven't heard back. A second email exchange shortly after Clinton launched her campaign in the spring of 2015 shows Huma Abedin talking about Clinton's appearance at an event and writes, she's going to stick to notes a little closer this a.m., still not perfect in her head. There's also an email that talks about it's it, that's being sent at 4.30 and that somebody needs to go over there and sober her up. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, there, so that's linked in the show notes. Uh, and then this is probably, and we'll probably talk more about this, but I think this is probably one of the most significant bits of information released in this latest batch. Private jets and pricey hotels. These are stolen documents. And then there's a new email dragging President Obama deeper into the controversy over Clinton's private email account and server. Mr. President, when did you first learn that Hillary Clinton used an email system outside the U.S. government for uh, official business while she was Secretary of State? At uh, the same time, uh, everybody else learned it through news reports. That comment triggered immediate alarm from Clinton's top advisors. Cheryl Mills writing, we need to clean this up. He has emails from her. They do not say state.gov. We need to clean this up. 
as soon as he says it on there, we need to clean. You know, and Obama always learns from the media. I've had some supercut clips recently where it's, he's always learning about everything from the news. He doesn't learn about it before the news. Uh, but he's sending her emails that don't have at state.gov on there. So, yeah, he's a busy guy. Maybe he missed it. Maybe our president is not well, very maybe, observant. Or maybe he thought he was just sending it to her personally. It's just a personal, you know, what's she doing for lunch, you know, kind of a thing. So further leaks come out where they go back and forth and they, the, they being the Clinton campaign, right. talk to the Obama administration and ask the Obama administration to withhold all of the emails between him and Hillary using executive privilege. So we're uh, not going to actually get to find out what those emails were, but it's very possible they were talking about classified information on her private email server. And that is, for the President of the United States to be wrapped up in this, it goes all the way up to the very, very top. No wonder Kami wouldn't give her a conviction. No, because if that happened, it could it could threaten a lot of things more deeper than that. Today's WikiLeaks dump gives us another glimpse inside the Hillary Clinton campaign and some internal conflicts there. Fox News Chief National Correspondent Ed Henry searched through today's installment. You know, I'll leave this uh, for your further, because the, the the other things, there's some Podesta emails I want to get to. I'll leave that particular clip for your further review, and if you're an unfiltered supporter and you've got the BitTorrent sync, because really, the leaks kind of keep going into the Hillary category itself, so I kind of want to move that direction because they were talking about they were talking about the Veritas video that yeah. shows, um, essentially, paying people to go start trouble at right. Trump events. Yeah. And so this goes into a little bit of that because I think this is one of the most significant developments this week. Meanwhile, an investigation has been launched into the activities of foundations associated with the Democratic Party. They have allegedly been provoking Trump supporters into violence at rallies. Artie's Caleb Moppin reports. It was always Donald Trump who was forced to answer the tough questions about the disruptions at his rallies. Do you believe that you've done anything to create a tone where this kind of violence would be encouraged? I hope not. I truly hope not. A series of violent incidents at Donald Trump rallies over the last few weeks encouraged by Trump himself. Donald Trump ginned up the crowd right before it happened. I remember that one. An investigation by Project Veritas alleges that foundations associated with the Democratic Party have been intentionally whipping up Trump supporters and the gloves were off. Off. It doesn't matter what the freaking legal and ethics people say. We're starting anarchy here. It is not hard to get some of these to pop off. The man in the video is Scott Fovel, National Field Director for a nonprofit organization named Americans United for Change, which is aligned with the Democratic Party. After this video surfaced, the organization fired him. But Fovel wasn't alone. Which kind of confirms it's probably true. <laughs> The video also shows Robert Creamer, a consultant with Americans United for Change, and apparently Hillary Clinton herself was in on the operation from the start. Well, I mean, Hillary knows who Cheney command. Yeah. Bob Creamer isn't just some random activist. He met with Obama at the White House 40 times, according to the schedules. Oh. He was forced to resign after this video surfaced. The scale of the alleged plot was massive. That would seem to also indicate that Hillary is communicating with a super PAC, oh, yeah. which would be illegal. So yeah. there could be just that aspect of it right there could be a big re- revelation. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about Hillary since this is the Hillary category. And we watched the debates last week. We did. How are you feeling after all that? I'm ready for this thing to be over. I, yeah. I actually, you know, I got my ballot in the mail on Saturday. Yeah. And I quickly voted. Yeah. And it's already gone. My vote is in the mail. Yeah. And I, and I actually plan on revealing who I voted for during our election coverage. Well, so do you remember one moment during the debate that was 
What do you if I were if I was going to ask you what was Trump's worst moment in the last debate? The one that was like the oh shit, he shouldn't have done that. Uh, well, you got the nasty comment. Yeah, that, okay. that was that was a good. That one. wasn't what I was thinking, but yeah, that was a good. Um, one. And then there was one other really distinctive one that he shouldn't have done. Oh, gosh, I, don't I will help remind you by a clip from Hillary. He refused to say that he would respect the outcome oh, of this election. Oh, that's what it was. Now. Yeah. Yeah, so she's been hitting him hard on this particular issue. But you know, you know, unfortunately, Chris Wallace, as good as he did, didn't get a chance to ask that question to Hillary. So somebody else did. So do you want to see how Hillary answered yes, the question? Yes, of course. I mean, after all, she's pounding Donald Trump yeah, for it, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to come back and say hello. Some of you have been on the trail for the whole time. This is right after the debate. And, of course, there's Robbie in the background and Podesta. Man, People, he's smiling. Yeah, he's a smiler. He, he's got a shit-eating grin constantly. <laughs> and then Podesta is, Podesta is back there hoping nobody's going to ask questions about his emails. No more debates. No more naps. Will you accept the results of the election? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now I'm going to back it up because I want you to watch this. Did you notice how she froze? Yeah, she does kind of freeze, and then she doesn't answer. Yeah, so she freezes. Um, In fact, she pretty much wraps it up a little bit after this because she was getting tired. (laughs) Will you accept the results of the election? (laughs) You know, it was horrifying what he said on the debate stage. And she doesn't answer the question. Wow. She goes on to talk about other things, but she doesn't. And watch her. Yeah, watch her reaction. You know, it was horrifying. So the election, <laughs> you know, it was horrifying what he said. So she's not really doing such a good job answering the question either. Um, and she gets out of there. They ask her a few more questions. Andrea Mitchell during this press conference um, is it reads a, is prompted to read a question off of a Hillary Clinton staffer's phone, uh, the guy standing next to Podesta, uh, not, uh, not Robbie, but the other guy. And it's a question about nasty women. So that was sort of a planted question that uh, Andrew Mitchell was more than happy to. Uh, yeah. 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 A little yeah. more. A little more. Sure do. Yeah. Uh, brand new WikiLeaks information here. Some developments in the latest email drop from this morning. Ed Henry has been digging through these emails. So, Ed, tell us, what have you found? Yeah, what have you found, Ed? Well, Martha, this is very interesting because it's an email that might draw President Obama deeper into this controversy than he has been before. Remember, the president has previously said uh, that he was unaware that Hillary Clinton had a private server, number one, and that they emailed one another infrequently. But this email uh, uh, flagged by uh, 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 Jennifer Williams, one of our top producers, saying uh, that in March, March 4th, 2015, quote, uh, uh, this is John Podesta to Cheryl Mills, quote, think we should hold emails to and from POTUS, as in President of the United States. That's the heart of his executive privilege. We could get them to ask for that. That appears to be Republicans. They may not care, but it, I seems, or it seems, he meant, like they will. Why is this important? Well, number one, President Obama has downplayed any emails he had back and forth with Hillary Clinton. But number two, John Podesta writing this to Cheryl Mills, a top Clinton advisor, on March 4th of 2015. Uh, what happened on March 4th, 3rd, for, for example, Trey Gowdy sent in a subpoena demanding that Hillary Clinton preserve all her emails. So that was after the subpoena. So they, that, this discussion was afterwards. So that shows, again, intention not to follow it. Then on March 4th, 
The timeline is John Podesta, we now learn in the last few moments, sent this email to Cheryl Mills. What do we do with the emails back and forth between Hillary Clinton uh, and President Obama? Yesterday, we had emails saying on March 20th, there were a series of meetings with Hillary Clinton aides saying, what are we going to do? Uh, let's tell the public that we've turned over all of the work-related emails, uh, which Hillary Clinton has maintained she did. And then, uh, further on the timeline, the FBI investigation, we learn that later in March, after those meetings on March 20th, uh, later in March, uh, thousands of emails were deleted by that IT firm in Colorado that was overseeing the server. The timeline right there is condemning. The timeline itself is very condemning. I thought that was... It's so... I guess what's frustrating to me is, and, and obviously this is probably more intentional than anything else because of the bickering, the fighting, the distraction with Russia and everything else, is that the common... I would say the common American, you know, and I hate using that term because it just feels more demoralizing than anything else. But, like, they don't care. It's like this is happening right in front of our faces, right in front of our noses, and it's just like no one's doing anything about it. And because they just think it's all partisan. They just think it's well, all Maybe there will be a protest vote for Trump. They, yeah. just need, they just need a percentage to do it. Right. So this is kind of interesting. The WikiLeaks dump today, there was one email in particular between John Podesta and Cheryl Mills um, asking about holding – emails from President Obama and Secretary Clinton back. Uh, why weren't those turned over? Uh, would they not fall good under question. work-related? Yeah, isn't that a good question? Yeah, it's a very You're good question. You're talking about uh, emails between John Podesta and... I'm sorry, there was an email that suggested uh, uh, there were emails between President uh, Obama and Secretary Clinton, and in Podesta's email, he's saying we should try and have these held back. You have the president use executive privilege to hold those back. I believe there are. Yeah, I believe. And I'd have to double check on that. But I believe uh, with correspondence with the president, there was, uh, I don't know if it was executive privilege, but there was a, a concern that uh, uh, those emails uh, not be made public. So there is official confirmation from the State Department that they did email. Is there a reason why? Um, I, I think Apparently, I, WikiLeaks I, I is right. Chapter mm -hmm. verse in front of me, but uh, it, it's, I, I think it's some form of executive privilege. I'd have to get back to you on what the exact wording is. I just don't know what the rationale. The rationale is that the correspondence with the president is uh, has certain privileges and privacies, but I don't have the exact okay. chapter. That's a handy. That's a handy reason. That is handy to have that. That's a handy reason Ooh. to become president. So the uh, other really big revelation wasn't necessarily even a leak. It was by papers released by the FBI themselves, and that is that someone from the Clinton campaign may have offered a little quid pro quo. If the State Department and the FBI could work together on oh, ratcheting right, down, slots. yeah, make yeah, open up a few more slots if you just make yeah, this email a little bit different classification. Jobs program, just you know, dial this down a little bit. We are learning more tonight about the effort by a member of the Clinton State Department team working with an FBI agent to possibly influence the bureau's investigation into her email scandal. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Harridge has the latest. Go, Catherine. On Fox News Sunday, Hillary Clinton's running mate was pressed on new allegations involving State Department Executive Patrick Kennedy. To your knowledge, did anyone associated with Secretary Clinton or her campaign ask or instruct Kennedy to seek changes to classification of emails? Absolutely not. I have no knowledge that that happened. Absolutely not. Late Friday, the FBI sent a third batch of interviews from the Clinton investigation to the House Intelligence and Government Oversight Committees. Republican lawmakers briefed by um, staffers Friday said Kennedy though. wanted the classification of at least one email changed in a way that would benefit the department as well as Clinton. And in exchange, there was discussion of more slots for FBI uh. agents overseas. 
This is a flashing red light of potential criminality, Government Oversight Committee <sighs> Chairman Jason Chaffetz yeah. said. Both myself and Chairman Devin Nunez of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence are infuriated by what we have heard. Campaigning in Kansas, Congressman Mike Pompeo told Fox by phone. It is so representative of the behavior we have seen consistently from the State Department where every effort was made to protect not our American servicemen in the field, not American national security information, but Hillary Clinton. A State Department spokesman said this allegation is inaccurate and does not align with the facts. But one of Kennedy's subordinates told the FBI in this heavily redacted interview released in September that he was pressuring State Department employees. Quote, Kennedy held a closed-door meeting with Redacted and Redacted, where Kennedy pointedly <laughs> asked useful. Redacted to change the FBI's classification determination regarding one of Clinton's emails. Asked then about the allegation, a State Department spokeswoman read from a prepared statement. We strongly refute those claims. Um, we've been clear all along that our Freedom of Information Act review of former Secretary Clinton's emails was a complex and multi-step process. While acknowledging that Clinton email classification and overseas posts for FBI agents were discussed in the same phone call, a bureau spokesman said the issues were not connected and the email classification was never changed. The new FBI files could be public as early as tomorrow when an independent review will be possible. Brett? Brett. We'll follow this. Catherine, thank you. She's fired up on that particular one because I think she, uh, she smells a little blood in the water, potentially. Uh, so a little bit more about that hearing and that outrage. To be rectified, and, and I look forward to hearing back from you. The, the emails, the classified e uh, Hillary Clinton emails, can you provide us those classified emails? This is Chavitz. Well, we, we didn't look at... Um, the classified emails. I mean, that, has, that wasn't part of our review. I mean, maybe Mr. McCullough can Mr. answer McCullough? that question. I'm... Certainly, I can provide you what, uh, and I think we, I believe we have provided uh, Congress with everything that we had. Uh, we can certainly, uh, it's over in Senate Security. We provided it to SSCI, I believe, and Hibson. Can you also. provide this committee in a secure format? Um, the classified emails? What I, I can to a certain extent. I cannot provide a certain uh, segment of them because the agency uh, that owns the information for those emails has limited the distribution on those. So this is an oversight committee. <clears throat> they are saying no to a government oversight committee because an agency that owns them has strict rules. Is that the NSA? It must be somebody above I mean, above them, right? I mean, otherwise you can't say no. So they're, they're uh, characterizing them as ORCON. What, so explain what ORCON is. Originator control. Uh, so I can't, uh, I can't give them to even Congress without getting the agency's Who's permission they? to provide yeah. them. So they have been provided. Which agency? I can't say that here in an open hearing, sir. Wow. So you can't even tell me which agency won't allow us as members of Congress to see something <laughs> that Hillary Clinton wow. allowed somebody without a security clearance in a non-protective format to see. That's correct? Yeah, this is the segment of emails that this is why my, my letter back to uh, uh, Ranking Member Cummings had to be classified because people would like to see this segment of emails. And this has been an issue not just with, with you and your committee, but with... So it seems there's an obvious crime that was committed here. If these emails are so sensitive that these guys can't pro be provided the emails, wow. there's no way those should have been on our personal server. Wow. Uh, several members at this point. So 
Uh, we have gone back to the agency that uh, is involved several times, and I, I can we, we can certainly do that again and ask permission. Can you generally tell me, uh, is it because they're so sensitive about signals intelligence, humans intelligence, what? We shouldn't get into the, the content you of these emails in an open hearing. Wow. I, okay. I don't, I, I don't want to violate that, but the concern is that it has already been violated and was violated by Hillary Clinton, and it was her choice. She set it up. And, and she created this problem, and she created this mess. We shouldn't have to go through this, but she did that. This is the, this is the segment of emails that uh, I had to have people in my office read in to particular programs to even see these wow. emails. We didn't, we didn't possess the required clearances and compartments. So even the inspector general for ODNI didn't have the requisite That's security correct. clearances. That's correct. I wow. had to get wow, read-ins wow, wow. for them. Chris, what the hell is going on? So first of all, you have a shadow government that's preventing the Oversight Committee from reviewing and doing its job. And second of all, you have emails that are so damn classified that they get wound up in this bureaucratic uh, circle jerk system. And it sounds like to me that there was some very significant stuff in there, which may give some credence to those rumors and those theories that there is some bacon that flies, that floats around out there that Uh, says that uh, an agent... I, I thought I smelled some bacon from Des Moines. Remember that bacon that the judge has talked about a few times? It says that there were some names in those emails that yeah. led to assets being murdered. It's a possibility. Wow. It is a possibility. Yeah, so uh, Boy. speaking of the judge, real quick take from him here. Fox News alert moments ago. You heard it from Catherine Herridge, the FBI releasing a, a set of documents believed to be connected to the investigation to Hillary Clinton's server. Uh, some Republicans believe that those documents show discussions of a quid pro quo between senior State Department official Patrick Kennedy and the FBI. Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano. With-, with the way this government is structured, without which WikiLeaks and the DNC leaks, we wouldn't know any of this stuff. Nope. Nothing. Me now and Judge, good morning to you. Morning, essentially, Bill. Essentially, the allegation is this. If you go ahead and change the classification of certain emails, um, we could provide jobs for people who might want them uh, down the road overseas. Uh, the FBI has denied this. Catherine Harris, 20 minutes ago, came out with new information. Where does this story at the moment stand, Judge? At the moment, the story stands that there is evidence, strong evidence to believe that Mrs. Clinton's, one of her senior aides from the State Department, Patrick Kennedy, offered a bribe to an FBI agent or a group of FBI agents to change the classified markings on documents after they had been subpoenaed and after they had been uh, surrendered. And in return for that change, offered or suggested the availability, you know, these bribe offers are never that precise, they're not, in, they're not in writing, but offered the availability of cushy overseas assignments for FBI agents. Mr. Kennedy has denied this emphatically. Now, here's the problem, though. The issue is, is that these are from the FBI. These, these are not leaks. These are the FBI's right. own papers where the FBI employee felt like he was being bribed. The FBI's own records are ambiguous as to whether or not he actually said this. A 302, an FBI memorandum written by an FBI agent says he offered it and we rejected it. Some of the uh, emails now say he never even offered it. But look, something like this, I've never seen this in my uh, career, Bill, where an, an effort is made to change a document after it is evidence in a criminal prosecution. That's obstruction of justice. That's tampering with uh, with evidence. 
that's offering a bribe. Why wasn't somebody charged with these crimes by the FBI? Instead, we okay, learn about now, so, this. So, Judge, yeah, so just we're clear on this. The FBI says no one was given anything in return. Is it a crime to merely suggest the possibility? Of course it is. It's the offer of a bribe. It's the it's an attempted bribe. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Yep. And that yep. is yep. this is so dirty. I just don't really think this is going to go away. You know, and uh, watching watching both these campaigns, watching this woman and this corrupt family, it has been draining and you know there's so many times where i have to sit well, and watch clips like this well that was the third and last time <laughs> that i will ever have to debate donald trump <laughs> i have now spent four and a half hours on stage with donald <laughs> proving once again i have the stamina to be president <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. Now watch as she does this same line again and again. That was the third and last time I will ever have to debate Donald Trump. Now she got the laughing a little early, so she'll pick it back up and put it in the right spot in the script. Yeah. I have now spent four and a half hours on stage with Donald, proving once again I have the stamina to be president and commander-in-chief. I think it's really important to her that uh, she puts that message out there right yeah, now for some she's reason. She's got to get the laugh, laugh in at the right time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all scripted. So just a couple of Trump clips to catch up on. One from the uh, Project Veritas. There is, as we noted, a new undercover video out tonight from Project Veritas that exposes new links between the Clinton, or at least links we didn't know about, between the Clinton campaign and outside groups causing trouble at Trump events. And somehow, Donald Duck is involved. Fox News Chief Washington Correspondent James Rosen is here. James? This is nothing to quack at, Britt. Tonight's revelations come once again from Bob Creamer. He is the veteran Democratic consultant whose contract with the Democratic National Committee was severed last week following the release of two earlier undercover sting videos from this same conservative group, Project Veritas Action. It also emerged last week that Creamer, a felon who served time for tax violations and bank fraud, has visited the Obama White House 342 oh. times, oh. close to an average of once a week oh. over the last eight years. Now Creamer can be seen discussing the Donald Ducks operation, in which costumed figures resembling the Disney character as captured by Fox News cameras at various events I'll summarize it for you. So the uh, the uh, Trump ducks was, uh, you know, to hit him on his tax returns. And in the video, he literally says that, that it was Hillary's idea. They had another idea they were going to go with because it was easier to get the costumes for adults. But Hillary wanted to be Donald Duck. Oh, wow. She thought it was a, she thought it was a better recipe. Uh, and all the videos are in, in there if you want to oh, check them goodness. out. So there was a great moment in media coverage for Trump recently. There's very few uh, established Republicans willing to come out and so fight for him. So I point to you as, as a media, as a media story. So, I point to you so, as, as a media, as a media story. We don't get to say the 10 women are lying. Oh. We have to cover that story, sir. Oh, sure. Okay, so, so it's worth 23 minutes of the three networks to cover that story. And... Hillary Clinton in a secret speech in Brazil to a bank that pays her 225000 saying her dream is an open border where 600 million people could come to America. That's not worth covering. That is worth covering. When you covering. want to go back and through the did. tapes of your show recently, you are fascinated with sex and you don't care about public policy. 
Me oh, that's what I get out of watching you tonight. <laughs> yeah, how about that? You know what, Mr. Speaker? I'm not fascinated by sex. Well, that's a shame. But I am fascinated <laughs> by the protection of women. <laughs> And understanding okay. nice what turn. we're getting in the Oval Office. And I think the okay. American voters would like and to know. And therefore, we're going to send Bill Clinton back to the East Wing because, after all, you are worried about sexual predators. Yeah, listen, it's not about me. It's about the women and men of America. And the poll numbers show us that the women of America in particular are very concerned about these allegations and, in large part, believe that they are you, a real issue. And you don't comment, dismiss you the comment women on whether the summarily. Clinton, do you want to comment on whether the Clinton ticket has a relationship to a sexual predator? We on the Kelly file have covered that story as well, sir. I will no, tell I you the I just want to hear you use the words. I want to hear you words. Bill Clinton's sexual predator. I dare you. Say Bill Clinton's <laughs> sexual new, predator. New channeling Trump saying, I want you to say Islamic terrorism. Yeah, you know, does Islamic extreme terrorism. Mr. Speaker, disbarred we've covered... Disbarred by the, by the Arkansas me, bar? Disbarred by Excuse the Arkansas me. bar. $850,000 penalty? Excuse me, sir. We on the Kelly file have covered the Clinton matter as well. We've hosted Kathleen Willey. Oh, we've we've covered the examples OMG, of him OMG, being OMG. accused as well, but he's not on the ticket. And the polls also show that There'll the American the, public is less in interested in the deeds of Hillary Clinton's husband than they are in the deeds of the man who asks us to make him president, Donald Trump. We're going to have to leave it at that. And you can take your anger issues and spend some time working on them, Mr. Oh! <laughs> She's, she, she did pretty good, didn't she? You know what? Big props to Megan there because, you know, she held her own. She gave good points, good responses. And I just like the fact, you know, she's got a team here at the Kelly File. You know, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. You know, so there was a, a great uh, strategy point in some of the Podesta leaked emails that are playing out right now. And so when they say these things aren't accurate, you can just look at the things that yeah. have happened. So one yeah. of the things in the Podesta emails was towards the end of the general election, they're going to transition Hillary into a I've already won mode. The win is a foregone conclusion. And she's so diligent, she's going to start prepping to day. And so CNN, being the good little lapdogs for the Clinton they, they are, just soak this meme right up and redistribute it. That we are leading nationally by two points. Numbers are looking phenomenal in Florida. Don't believe the media. But a new ABC News national poll shows Trump trailing Clinton by 12 points. Meantime, CNN has learned Clinton is increasingly moving beyond Trump and turning her attention to her transition to the presidency. A Democrat close to Clinton saying she's not being arrogant, she's being diligent. Clinton is sizing up candidates. Can you believe that? That's uh. that's essentially saying like Trump's already lost and they're just rolling with it. And the Clinton, if they did, do they just run anything the Clinton campaign tells them? <laughs> do they run anything they tell them? I don't understand how or, that works. Or at least fact check and, and probe and see what the motives is. No. Well, Mr. Chase, there's so much more. So we have clips from last week that didn't make it in. We tried to okay. take some of the best stuff, but nice. that's in the supporters sync. There's so much stuff. There's so much stuff, but we do have to get out of here. Otherwise, it's going to be like a 10-hour show. Right. I did think we should wrap it up on a classic high note. There's been an interesting development. I want to see if you remember this moment from our childhood. Is there anyone out there who yes. still isn't clear about what doing drugs does? Okay. Last time. This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 
You remember that? Yeah. What kind of drug is that? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so sounds licks, licks and sounds delicious. That guy is now a pro cannabis uh, and the drug war spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, I got a link in the show notes if you want to. And read he's still more about alive. It. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I thought so too. Well, maybe maybe he stayed away from the drugs chase. That's right. <laughs> he just ate more eggs. <laughs> I thought that's boy, that's a nice turn of events. After a while, lots of links. Wow, in the show notes. So please go grab those. Lots of stuff referenced there. Again, I want to wrap up the show by saying a big thanks to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash unfiltered. Thanks to you guys. We don't have sponsors that we have to appease or hidden emails that we have to send to them. We are able to report directly to you guys. So thanks so much. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, it makes it really possible. In fact, we're about to kick into the overtime segment if you still want more news and more coverage and more analysis. And that is dedicated to our patrons that overtime nice. segment that's coming up in just a couple of minutes but in the meantime yeah. in case people are going to get out of here Mr. Chase yes Chris could you tell them where to find you on the internet if they want to talk at your face you can follow me on the Twitters at Nunes good call N-U-N-E-S and by the way I've been doing a lot of game streaming over at GeekGamer.tv and uh, check us out on Twitch. We've been doing a lot of fun games. Playing Battlefield 1 this weekend. Oh, fun. Yeah. What, at, what about you? Do you do the Twitter I do, thing? I do. At Chris Elias for me. Uh, you can go check it out. I think I just tweeted like yesterday. I asked people, what do you think these pedals do? <laughs> and they have great, they have great suggestions. Because like, people don't know, I, I have pedals on the floor that I operate for some of the That's show right, production. Yeah. I, I know what they do. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, so I tweeted out a video of that. You can see that on my Twitter feed, at Chris LAS. You can follow news for the network and episode announcements at Jupiter Signal. And don't forget about our intelligence network over at unfilter.reddit.com, where you can supply news, comment on the show. Uh, there are some clips that were submitted this week. I love that when people submit clips from yes. a website or YouTube's or whatever. Yes. That's really nice. All that. Unfiltered.reddit.com and a bag of chips. I, I just wanted to say big props to all the people who have jumped on Twitter and followed us. We've been getting a lot of really good content and conversations yeah, going. Yeah. It's been great to see. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. And by the way, thanks for the love on the debate coverage that we got on Twitter. A lot of people loved what we yeah. did. Uh, big thanks again to, to Michael Dominic and yeah. our producer, Matt. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back next week with a regular show, and then we're doing live coverage of the election. Ba-dum. So we'll see you right back here next week. yourselves episode 210 isn't over just yet it's time for the overtime brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash unfiltered we got a double list this week now we actually only got about three patrons i think three patrons since last episode i don't think everybody likes the live debate coverage you like it if we do a double episode oh sure but if it's the only episode, I don't, I don't think people liked it that much. And that's okay. You know what? Not our favorites either. And obviously a pretty rare thing. But it is, in a, in a sense, it's a fun, um, it's a fun like, uh, one-off version of the show that we get to do where everything's live and, and moving fast. But we have so much to cover in this overtime. This might be ridiculously long. So I'm going to try to move through some of this stuff. But we got to start by thanking our new patrons since the last two episodes. 
Blake, Matt, Stephen, FS, Todd, Mike, Lewis, Mr. Next You is Sean, Kiefer, Hackam, I think. Hakim? Probably Hakim. And Mike! Our new patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter. If you'd like to help pick up the pace from the three we got last week and maybe round that list up a little more, patreon.com slash unfilter. Okay. So I have more Hillary stuff to get into. And I hope I hope I'm not overwhelming you with it, but there's just really newsworthy things that need to get covered here, and you probably have noticed and heard us curvouch. Curvouch? Grouse? Complain about the lack of actual substantive coverage on Hillary Clinton. So let's do our part right here in the overtime. You know, come on. What? Obama, you know, he's great at the campaigning, isn't he? He is so great at the campaigning. She's got, she's got, she's got Sanders out there. Of course, she's got Bill out there. She's got Barry out there. I mean, she's this. She is with this guy. He can, he can, he can campaign. When, it, when Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. Says I'm out of touch. Uh, what? I, I just have to remind people what? of the track record. What? 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 what what's going? What? All right. So now this is Senator Clinton. Uh huh. This is the same person who has taken more money from lobbyists than any other candidate, Democratic or Republican. Taking more money from drug company lobbyists and insurance company lobbyists, and she's saying I'm out of touch. Who do you think is out of touch? Oh, shoot. Oops, my bad. Oh, this was from 2008. Oh, geez. I must have gotten my clips mixed up. That's right. He says nice things about Hillary now. Well, that was some harsh stuff. You know, Obama, he was giving it to her. But, yeah, I don't really think he said anything all that rather shitty. But this next story, it... It is a little shitty. Police are investigating a bizarre claim. Lawrenceville police tell us they believe a Hillary Clinton campaign bus may have illegally dumped human waste in between <laughs> campaign stops today. Now, it happened Gross. on Grayson Highway. CBS 46 Gwinnett County reporter Christian De La Rosa is live at the scene. No. Christian, the hazmat team had to respond to this, yes? Yes, they did. And so you can imagine the commotion. Police tell me that when they showed up here to the 500 block of Grayson Highway, it was all covered in toilet paper. And there was a foul oh, no. smell. There was a foul smell everywhere. No. And it was all caught on tape. Take a look at pictures we obtained of this bus. So we got them from an eyewitness. Oh, a businessman no. nearby said he saw the bus illegally dumping sewage into a storm drain. Wastewater just dumping all out in the street, pouring out in the storm drain. And at this time, I've got my cell phone out and I'm getting taking pictures at this because I don't care who you are. That's just wrong. And I can also tell you that investigators with the State Environment Protection Department are now investigating that over there. If we can pan over to the side is the storm drain where the bus was parked. And there are concerns at this point that whatever was dumped may have gotten or reached uh, several bodies of water in the area. No, no, you don't accidentally dump your black tank. Okay, I live in an RV. It's the same system. You don't ac- you can't accidentally dump your black tank. It is a manual process, even on the fanciest rigs. You got to go out there and pull lever. Unbelievable. They need to get the Sandy Dumps app.
okay, so I'm having a little fun to warm us up, I admit it. These aren't all that substantive, but I, we're about to get to some hit, hard-hitting stuff, but I want to warm you up. And I got a good one for you. I hope you don't mind a little supercut, because it made me smile when I found it. I want you to vote for him, and I want you to drag some of your friends kicking and streaming to vote for him. Just shoot every third person on Wall Street, and everything will be fine. What? Oh! Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now you're screaming. This is where they start screaming, because they don't want to hear this. Whoa, 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 whoa. They had... Seven committees look into that Benghazi thing. This is the biggest load of bull I ever heard. We finally come to the point where we can put the awful legacy of the last eight years behind us. So you've got this crazy system where all of a sudden 25 million more people have health care, and then the people are out there busting it, wind up with their premiums doubled and their coverage cut in half. It's the craziest thing in the world. It's rigged. Yeah, it's rigged because you don't have a president who's a change maker. Well, the evening oh, after my God. foundation last week, somebody asked me what I thought about it. I said, well, here's what I did. I was sort of Robin Hood. What? The old people don't like any of us anymore. They all voted for me. The other guy's base is what I grew up in. No, I'm basically your standard redneck. It's frequently, not frequently, I think. Rarely, but on more than one occasion, same sort of things happen to her when she just got severely dehydrated. Sometimes I wish we weren't married, then I could say what I really think. Saying I like it was the way it used to be is like me saying I'd like to be 20 again. I, I would, actually. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So you get the idea. Uh, now, that, though, wasn't Bell's, Bell's, not my best moment, wasn't Bill's best moment. I don't even know how this happened other than maybe, I mean, I hate to use this term, but maybe it was a senior moment. I don't, I don't know how he could have done this because one of the things that's, one of the things that's very true about working on this show is I watch a lot of these guys' speeches. I've watched a lot of Bill Clinton's speeches and he's got a line. He's got a go-to line as he's wrapping it up and he, he tries to put his passion into it. And that is the stronger together slogan. It's not just words that sound good together. It really does mean something. And he says it all the time. I've heard him say it a dozen times in the last two weeks. This is the campaign slogan, Stronger Together. It's been like this for a while. He's been saying it for a long time. Here's Bill Clinton today. We were growing together. What? Growing together? This campaign slogan of Hillary's growing together. What? Growing together? It's more than just two words that sound good. What? We were growing together. What? This slapping slogan of Hillary's growing together is more than just two words that sound good. These 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 two people might be maybe a little too old to run for office. That could be a possibility. Now, Andrea Mitchell is the uh, wife of Alan Greenspan, I believe, works for NBC News, asks the hard questions, supposedly. And here she is getting one of those hard questions from a Clinton staffer's cell phone right before she asked it to Hillary. I uh, just wanted to come back and say hello. Some of you have been on the trail for the whole time. No more debates. No more naps. <laughs> Will you accept the results of the election? How did you feel when he said, you know, nasty woman, nasty woman, and so that question. Uh, you're a puppet, and the, the issue I, of Vladimir Putin? Uh, yeah, I, the issue of Vladimir. I just didn't pay any attention to that. I was very concerned that even now, after 17 intelligence agencies in our government... It's a quick glance, but you see it there. The uh, nasty the nasty woman uh, question was given to Andrea to ask, and then it became a quick campaign meme after that. In fact, it's still a big part of it, and it's one that uh, Warren's also playing up. And what's really important about WikiLeaks is that the Russian government 
has engaged in espionage against Americans. In an email that was hacked by WikiLeaks, and I know that the, the talking point from the Clinton campaign is this is the Russians trying to infiltrate. As you pointed out, this was an illegally stolen email put out there by the Russians because they want the campaign to be about this. And Secretary Clinton was asked to... I don't like the music, but you uh, can watch the rest of the clip in the overtime folder if you like. I want to move forward, though, because the... Spokespeople for the Clinton campaign have been having a hard time uh, explaining and rationalizing many things. In, a, in an email that was hacked by WikiLeaks, and I know that the, the talking point from the Clinton campaign is this is the Russians trying to infiltrate. But beyond that, there is the substance of this email. We learned that the king of Morocco wanted to contribute $12 million to the Clinton Foundation last year. Oh. But he only wanted to do it if he could get a face-to-face -face meeting with Hillary Clinton. Clinton advisor Huma Abedin wrote that the contribution was a non-starter if the king did not get a meeting with Hillary Clinton. Now, ultimately, Hillary Clinton did not make the trip to Morocco because the campaign had already started. But this does raise the kind of concerns that there is a pay to play. He wanted to meet with Hillary Clinton, $12 million for the foundation. I mean, doesn't this feed into one of the concerns that voters have about Hillary Clinton and, and the Clinton Foundation? Well, I'm glad you asked the question for that reason. Um, it's, it was known for a long time that the Clinton Foundation's uh, conference was held in Morocco. It has been known for a very long time that Secretary Clinton chose not to attend that conference. So there isn't anything new here. Well, Bill and Chelsea did. They did. Um, but Secretary Clinton chose not to. And at, as you pointed out, this was an illegally stolen email put out there by the Russians because they want the campaign to be about this. They want these sort of questions to be raised rather than talking about the real issues. Uh -huh. Well, this is this a real race. issue. I mean, pay to play. If, 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 if <laughs> people don't like the idea of money going to foundation this is a real issue for access to the then former secretary yeah, of state is. i mean you can understand why that would trouble people absolutely and and it's not true um I'm, again i'm glad you raised the question because people yeah, you understand are, sure. that never took place uh secretary clinton always met the highest ethical standards uh when she was secretary of state uh when she was united states senator there were uh, systems put in place to prevent exactly what you're talking about and again mm. the russians illegally stole these emails they're selectively dumping them out i can't even verify whether the actual content in them is real but this oh, is the brother. conversation they want us to have versus how hillary's going to create jobs how hillary's going to okay. go lower well, when hillary clinton was healthcare. secretary of state and this is not from wikileaks this is from a freedom of information act request when hillary clinton was secretary of state uh, and the Haiti relief program was going on, and, and the State Department and the Clinton Foundation were working on that. Emails were sent to the State Department in which uh, people were, who were quote-unquote friends of Bill, FOB, were highlighted. Why would they be highlighted if it wasn't because cronies of the Clintons would be given access and contracts to help rebuild Haiti? I, I, I can't comment on what might have happened to the State Department and what would have been highlighted or not. Um, but again, the State Why Department not? has been clear repeatedly. There was never any special favors. Uh, nobody has put up any evidence that any of this actually happened. And uh, the, the Obama White House and the, and the Department of State put in the highest possible ethical standards, uh, and there's never been any evidence of any pay-to-play at all. Donald Trump is using FBI documents to launch a new attack on Hillary Clinton. The Bureau released interview notes and summaries from its investigation of Clinton's private email servers. Why is uh OK, so let's let's break down the news speak they're using here. Donald Trump is using documents released by the FBI. Donald Trump is using FBI documents to launch a new attack on Hillary Clinton. Why isn't that line? 
Reporters are investigating and researching new documents released by the FBI. News media outlets are analyzing documents released by the FBI today involving the Hillary Clinton case. But instead, they spin it in every circumstance as, well, it's, it's being used as a weapon. Donald Trump is using FBI documents to launch a new attack on Hillary Clinton. The Bureau released interview notes and summaries from its investigation of Clinton's private email servers. The files show a top State Department official asked the FBI to declassify a single message. That item was left unchanged. Nancy Cordes has gone through these FBI papers. Nancy, good morning. So we kind of have now reporting on the information in the papers in the context of, well, we're only doing it because Trump is using it as an attack, as if as if maybe that's to buy favor with the Clinton campaign, as if it's a nod to the Clinton campaign that, well, if Trump if Trump wasn't bringing it up, we wouldn't even be discussing it. But now that Trump has brought it up, we're going to look at these papers and we'll give you a take. And I'm sure so far that. Okay, I guess, but they don't have to keep nailing that narrative, and I'm pretty sure they're about to. Good morning. The Clinton campaign is trying to distance itself from this controversy. Aides say they weren't aware of this conversation between a State Department undersecretary and an FBI official. But it will be harder for Clinton to distance herself from some of the other details just released by the FBI. As part of their investigation into Clinton's email servers, FBI agents interviewed a former diplomatic security agent who served briefly on Clinton's protective detail. This one agent described a stark difference between Clinton and her predecessor, Condoleezza Rice. Clinton, the agent said, frequently and blatantly disregarded protocol. On overseas trips, the agent said Clinton often chose to ride in an armored limousine with her top aide, Huma Abedin, instead of with local U.S. ambassadors, which frequently resulted in complaints by ambassadors who were insulted and embarrassed by this breach of protocol. The agent added that Clinton's treatment of agents on her protective detail was so contemptuous that many of them sought reassignment. Now, we have heard that a couple of times. Now, it's been in a couple of books. I've seen other Secret Service agents that have been interviewed, and now this person. That is something we hear a lot. By the end of Clinton's tenure, it was difficult to find senior agents willing to work for her. This is worse than Watergate. What's Trump focused Monday on another FBI interview with an FBI employee who says he felt pressured to change a classified email from Clinton's server to unclassified as part of a quid pro quo between an FBI official and Undersecretary of State Patrick Kennedy. Amazing. The employee says in exchange for the reduced classification, he was told state would reciprocate by allowing the FBI to place more agents in countries where they are presently forbidden. So it's What's what's also revealed there is that they're already planning for Hillary to be in the White House and for them to have control over the State Department. Because obviously there's no way they can guarantee that State Department's going to do this unless she's the president. So this is months ago now during the FBI investigation. They already have it in their head that she's going to be president. Is I mean, maybe they just think it's a foregone conclusion, I suppose. Going the FBI to place more agents in countries where they are presently forbidden. I'm going to back it up so you can hear a little better. To unclassified as part of a quid pro quo between an FBI official and Undersecretary of State Patrick Kennedy. The employee says in exchange for the reduced classification, he was told state would reciprocate by allowing the FBI to place more agents in countries where they are presently forbidden. This is felony corruption by any standard. This is one of the great 
miscarriages of justice. So here we've pivoted back to Trump now to sort of wrap the narrative. Also, did you catch the line that state was going to offer more FBI agents? Listen to what they say here. More to a place where they're forbidden is what they say. Uh, let me find it a little bit for you. Because um, I think that's kind of an interesting key piece. Here we go. Quo between an FBI official yeah. and Undersecretary of State Patrick Kennedy. The employee says in the FBI employee exchange for the reduced classification, he was told state would reciprocate by allowing the FBI to place more agents in countries where they are presently forbidden. So the deal is that state would allow more FBI agents in countries where they're already forbidden. Do you, you follow the twisted logic of this sentence, i.e. there's already FBI agents there and they're not supposed to be there. And the quid pro quo is we were going to give you more. <laughs> uh, we don't really need to see them go back to Trump. I, well, actually, I guess it might be. I guess it might be educational just to see how they're doing the narrative. This is felony corruption by any standard. This is one of the great miscarriages of justice in the history of this country. Both the FBI and the State Department insist there was no quid pro quo. One spokesman called it a misunderstanding. Any really. Uh, assertion that this was somehow uh, tit for tat or a quid pro quo exchange of uh, in, in that manner really, uh, frankly, is insulting. Mm. The good news for Clinton is that the FBI was releasing its investigation notes in four batches, and this was the last batch. The bad news is congressional Republicans say they think that this supposed quid pro quo between the State Department and FBI was a violation of the law, and they're vowing to hold more hearings, Charlie. Nancy, thanks. That could haunt her. During the last presidential debate, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump sparred over who was behind the WikiLeaks release of Clinton campaign documents. Trump says no one really knows. Clinton says 17 government agencies say it's the Russians. Tonight, why who was behind the hacks doesn't really matter as much as whether or not the information is true. This is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. Get up! She Hi, has no so idea whether it's Russia, China, it, or anybody else. I am not Hillary, you have no idea. 17 intelligence. Do you doubt 17 our, our military country has and no civilian idea. agencies? Well, yeah, he'd I doubt rather it. believe. I doubt. Well, that was Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump arguing over whether or not 17 federal agencies have agreed that high-ranking Russian officials are behind the hacking of Clinton campaign manager John Podesta's emails. The agencies that Clinton was citing there include the State Department, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, and the CIA. For his part, Donald Trump says that those agencies don't really know for sure. Our country has no idea. Well, now let's set aside the fact that many of those agencies, including the NIE, the CIA, the State Department, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, all also said that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction when it did not. But let's say that this time they are all correct. So what? Because the issue is not who is leaking the information from the Clinton campaign chairman. It's whether or not the information being released is true. So far, WikiLeaks has released over 26,000 emails from John Podesta. Just to name a few, a number of emails indicate that Clinton Foundation and State Department pay-to-play schemes. For instance, an email from Clinton aide Huma Abedin to Podesta in January of 2015 details how Moroccan authorities donated $12 million to the Clinton Foundation's Clinton Global Initiative to get access to 
Secretary of State Clinton. There are also numerous emails that demonstrate collusion between major media organizations and the Clinton campaign. Brand new WikiLeaks emails show that at least 65 mainstream reporters were closely working with the Clinton campaign this election year. They were invited to top elitist dinners with Hillary Clinton, campaign chairman John Podesta, or the chief campaign strategist Joe Benenson. Among those, journalists, Politico's White House correspondent and senior staff writer Glenn Thrush, who actually allowed his article to be proofed and edited by Podesta prior to publishing. To Podesta, he wrote, quote, Because I have become a hack, I will send you the whole section that pertains to you. Political. Please don't share or tell anyone. That, that I is a reporter this. Politico. Podesta also referred to Bernie Sanders as a doofus. And separately, the campaign planned and succeeded to fool Bernie Sanders and his, quote, self-righteous ideologue supporters at the convention. Podesta and campaign staff planned to throw Sanders a bone at the convention, they said, by falsely vowing to curb the superdelegate system. This was done to make Sanders and his supporters, quote, think they won something. And, of course, the emails regarding those deleted Clinton emails. Clinton staffers discussed which of Hillary Clinton's emails to release and which to delete. So what you need to know is that there has been so much discussion about the Russians trying to influence the election. But what we're not talking about is whether or not the emails are true. If they are, then who cares where they come from? Who cares why? Because if the accusation is that the Russians are trying to influence this election by telling the truth then what does that tell us about how American media is trying to influence the election? Oh! That's reality check. Yikes! Says the former RT anchor. Do keep that in mind. But he's got it right! No, I think I really got this next thing. I think I've got... I've got... Election stress disorder. Apparently, that's really a thing. If you feel like the presidential election is driving you nuts, you're right. Day in and day out, constantly. It'll drive you crazy if you pay attention to all of that. I'm uh, uh-huh. concerned Hillary will win. <laughs> very we stressed. We have a Trump running in 2016 in America. That's very stressful and worrisome. Really, the American Psychological Association says fully half of us say the election has been a very or somewhat significant source of stress. Uh A Pew poll says more than half of Americans are disgusted with the campaign. Disgusted. If you use things like social media, Facebook, say as a distraction, you go to your Facebook feed, people are posting about the election. So you're never ever getting away from it. No wonder a hotel in Boston is offering an election escape package. They'll block the news channels from your room and snip the election coverage from your newspaper. Oh my Whether God. you're for Trump or Hillary, either way, uh, you should feel refreshed and have had a break from the, from the election. I need a break from the election. So John Kerry, you know, the guy that runs the State Department, has received an award. And it's an award related to the Iran nuke deal. And there's a lot of people that are not very happy about him accepting it. Uh, Secretary for Mr. Zarif has been uh, awarded the Chatham House Prize for including the Iran nuclear deal. Yes. Comment about that? Well, uh, yes, they have been. Um, 
And as you know, after almost two years of negotiation, we were able to conclude. You see how he has this huge binder. Then he turns to the right page and he just begins reading. As soon as he figures out what the question is, here, you'll watch it, watch him back. Boop, 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 boop. As soon as he, there he is, he's leaning. He hears the question. He starts digging through the binder. Boop, 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 boop. And then as soon as he lands on the page, uh, uh, got to find the right tab. There it is. Here it is. Um, yeah, this is it. This is it right here. Yeah. And as you know, after almost two years of negotiation, we were able to conclude this joint comprehensive plan of action with Iran. Uh, the secretary is grateful uh, for uh, being selected uh, uh, to uh, for this for this prize. Uh, 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 and I think he'd be the first uh, to tell you uh, that uh, that it was very much a team effort, a team effort internationally. Uh, with the other members of the P5 plus one, as well as the EU. Well, the EU was one of the uh, five. And uh, and then the inside the interagency, a real team effort, uh, particularly with the Secretary of Energy. Uh, so um, lots of hard work all the way around. And, I, again, I think the Secretary would be the first to say that uh, uh, that it absolutely was a, a team approach. He didn't really do right, shit. But I, I was getting more, more to the... Uh, my question is more about whether it's – does the secretary think that uh, it is appropriate now at this stage where the deal is still being implemented, where there's still complaints that from the Iranian side that it hasn't been implemented, and still criticism in the United States that you guys – that you gave away so too much for too little, that uh, whether the, it's a, the timing of such an this, – this award is uh, Well, is, I mean, is sec- n- neither the secretary nor foreign minister Zarif had any control over the timing of it. No, I'm, I know. And, I'm not saying that they did. I I'm think just wondering he, if, he, if he's comfortable accepting this award given where we are with the – I think he's comfortable accepting it on behalf of the whole team that was involved in it. And uh, <laughs> I think the secretary would take issue with the continued criticism about the fact uh, – about the degree to which the deal – makes the region and the United States safer. He believes it does. About uh, the degree to which Iran is complying with their commitments, thus far they have been, and so have we. Uh, and that, uh, you know, that while the, while the relationship with Iran is uh-huh. far from perfect, uh, and they still continue to be a state sponsor of terrorism and conduct provocative and uh, destabilizing activities in the region, mm. uh, that doesn't take away from the fact that the deal itself removes uh, one significant uh, destabilizer in the region. Yeah, you get his point. He's pretty bad, isn't he? Which would be in Iran with nuclear weapons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Trump implied that he would pop uh, a protester in the nose or something like that? Do you guys remember that? Got so much coverage, but it feels like now it was a, it was a lifetime ago. I was shocked when I heard this from Joe Biden this week. Into, if you notice in the national press, talking about Trump's behavior, his personal behavior. But what he said he did and does is a textbook definition of sexual assault. And think, no, no, think about this. But it's more than that. This is always Joe's move. No, 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 don't don't click clap, don't clap. Because nobody ever does that. Nobody ever, no politician ever says, don't clap. What? He must be really serious. He must be really serious. If you ever watch Joe, 
By the way, if you ever watch Joe, he is a little grabby grabber himself. So, and think, no, no, think about this. But it's more than that. He said, because I'm famous, because I'm a star. Getting fired up. Because I'm a billionaire. I can do things other people can't. What is this? What a disgusting assertion for anyone to make. There, it finally came through. The press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What? What? Okay, guys. What do you say we cover a little voter fraud? Hey, everybody. You've heard about Project Vertos. You've seen some of the clips. And there's even more. Breaking tonight, new fallout after a conservative group releases hidden camera video that catches Democratic staffers talking about organizing disruptions and violence at Trump campaign rallies. Here's some of that. I call this conflict engagement. That's, that's, your, that's your version of re-enfranchisement. In, in the lines at Trump rallies. We're starting anarchy here. That is undercover footage by Project Veritas, or Veritas uh, journalists uh, uh, posing as big donors and financers. Starting anarchy. Now some folks have lost their jobs. They've been fired. And the group is out with a new tape. James Rosen joins us with the details tonight from Washington. James? Megan, good evening. Two veteran Democratic operatives are out of their jobs tonight thanks to a pair of videos released over the last 48 hours by the controversial conservative group Project Veritas Action, led by filmmaker James O'Keefe. Robert Creamer is the head of Democracy Partners, a progressive consulting firm. He is also a former Obama campaign consultant and a felon who served time for tax violations and bank fraud committed in the 90s. Creamer was caught on camera appearing to collude in a plot to circumvent voter registration laws for Hispanics. Let's say I had a business inside of, say, Illinois or Michigan, and I hired people, and I had addresses for them. I could write them checks for those. I could use them as day laborers or whatever and use them and find my way around the, the um, voter ID, the uh, voter registration laws for, for Hispanics. Let me see if I can uh, chat with the people who are most involved in Hispanic voter registration. Okay. And... Um, uh, see what their thoughts are. I mean, there are a couple of different organizations that are, that's your big trick. A contract between one of Creamer's firms and the Democratic National Committee was severed today with Creamer saying in a statement, none of the schemes described in the conversations caught on video ever took place. And Americans United for Change, a progressive activist group, announced last night the departure of field director Scott Fovel, who was seen in the videos bragging about how he paid agitators, including mentally ill people, to provoke fistfights at Trump rallies, how he circumvented laws prohibiting campaigns and super PACs from coordinating, and his success in transporting out-of-state voters to selected states like Indiana and Minnesota. 
least restrictive donation caps and, and campaign finance laws and investigation and, and investigative arms. Like they have weakened it so bad in these three states. You could your mother in front of the governor and not go to jail. Wow. Crude. Interim Democratic National Committee Chair Donna Brazile today called James O'Keefe a convicted criminal with a history of doctoring video to advance his ideological agenda. O'Keefe pleaded guilty in 2010 to entering a federal property, specifically the offices of Senator Mary Landrieu, under false pretenses looking to record material there. Megan. James, thank you. That seems like some serious S. have been speculating are they going to sit on some of this stuff and really go after hillary when she's in office is one of these going to get enough traction some of it's begun to get mainstream coverage but trump he's been he's been so marred down and stuck in boxes for the last couple of weeks really since the debate started the clinton campaign's well-engineered machine is kicking his ass and he's He's getting locked into traps, and he's not getting himself out properly. Hello, everybody. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Hey. I'm sorry. Dead people generally vote for Democrats rather than Republicans. Do you want me to tell me that I think the election of Philadelphia and Chicago is going to be fair? Rudy's getting a little punchy, too. You want me to tell me to tell you? What did he just say? You want me to tell you? You want me to tell me? Than Republicans. Do you want me to tell me that I think the election of Philadelphia and Chicago is going to be fair? I would have to be a moron to say that. There you got Rudy right there. Dead people voting. We know it happens from time to time. And Rudy Giuliani told uh, CNN that the dead prefer Democrats. But is that true? Election lawyer and former attorney for the voting rights section of the U.S. Department of Justice, Jay Christian Adams, joins us right now. Jay Christian, you have handled some dead people voting cases in the past, haven't you? Yeah, I filed six in just the last year against uh, Philadelphia, Broward County, Florida's pending, places where the voter rolls are corrupted. And, you know, we had one case where in Texas there was somebody on the voter rolls who died in 1944. Oh, man. Dead people are voting. Uh, and it's, it's something that this uh, administration isn't doing anything about. Why is that? Well, they must like it. They must like who they're voting for. Oh, Look, when I was at the Justice Department in the Bush administration, we enforced a law called Motor Voter that right. forced states and local election officials to clean up their voter rolls of dead people. And when I was there, we shut it down after the Obama inauguration. We would not bring cases because these people are opposed to cleaning the voter rolls. Why is that? Well, now we have four million, four million, Steve, ineligible and dead voters on American voter rolls, according to the Pew Charitable Trust. Mm -hmm. That's too many, and it's going to affect the election. Two million, two million is a big number. Jay Christian, I, you know, everybody's going mainstream media. It's not rigged. You don't have to worry about dead people voting. Are you, you saying are those people media. are wrong? 
Yeah, they're, they're covering up criminal activity. Groups like the League of Women Voters and the SEIU are intervening in my lawsuits to try to stop voter roll cleanups because they like it the way it is. They like people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a case in Oregon. Lafayette Keaton voted for his dead son. Why wasn't he prosecuted by the Justice Department? That's the other problem. The Obama administration is not prosecuting voter yeah. fraud. If you stopped giving traffic tickets, what would happen to the highways? Exactly. Exit question, oh, man, awesome. is Rudy right? Most dead people wind up voting for Democrats. Well, look, all I can say uh -huh. is you have to commit a crime. You'd be a criminal if you voted for the, somebody who's dead, which, by the way, is very easy to do in most places. So how many of them are actually voting? How many are actually voting? That's that's that seems to be the key question. What do you say we do a little overtime cyber? We don't normally do that. Well, we I, mean, I guess that's not true. From time to time. But let's do a little overtime cyber here. And let's start with uh, Fox's uh, best going out and talking to the best to learn about how the massive internet hack happened. Yeah. Go KT. Welcome to DEFCON 3. I'm KT McFarland. Yeah. In a major hack attack on our country's internet <laughs> infrastructure, hackers infiltrated tens of millions of smart items in your home. Things like webcams, baby monitors, DVRs, and they took control of these items and turned them into a zombie army that attacks sites like Netflix and Twitter. Joining me now to discuss is Anna Lysinskaya, and she's a professor of computer science at Brown University. Her primary research area is cryptography, which is a study of protecting communication and computation against malicious users. And we certainly had malicious users that week. Oh, my God. So, Anna, tell me, what happened? Who, who carried out the attack, and why did they do it? So, Katie, just as you said, it's KT. Indeed, the attackers commandeered tens of millions of unsecured devices. There's a search engine out there that crawls the Internet looking for IP addresses of such devices. If the owners didn't change the default password set by the manufacturer, then you're in. Uh, then they directed all the devices under their control to bombard a particular resource, the DNS service administered, administered by a company called DIN. As she's reading here, um, which is fine. It's probably a good idea to have a prepared statement. Um, but a cryptography professor at Brown is qualified to discuss a massive denial of service attack, a distributed one at that. I mean, what what about cryptography gives her the credentials to really have a super informed opinion on this? With connection requests. And the reason it took out so many websites is that all of them relied on DIN to direct Internet traffic towards mm -hmm. them. Okay, so, so that's what happened. Okay, so let me, let me ask you. So I've got a webcam um, at my house. I've got a, a baby cam. Did no, I don't. know that hackers were using my baby cam to launch this hack attack? So the question to you, Katie, is did you change the manufacturer's set password on those devices? Of course, but if I didn't, what would happen? If you oh, didn't, then it's quite likely that one of those search engines that crawls the, the Internet uh -huh. would find your device and use it as part of its distributed denial of service attack. Why is it connected directly to that? the Internet? I, can I figure it out now, whether mine was used or not? Um, well, you can probably look at the logs of your devices mm. and see 
who connected them to them. Yeah, Katie's going to get right on that. Connecting to, and that might give you a clue as to whether or not your device. Okay, okay, but so, so answer the question: um, Why would anybody want to do this? I mean, who or who? Even better, who would want to do this? <laughs> Is this a country, a company, a couple of bad guys, criminal gangs? I mean, who who does stuff like this? So, um, okay, the. Um, this particular attack, this is a group that took responsibility for it. I don't know if I believe them or not, mm -hmm. but they claim that they did it in order to showcase just how vulnerable we are. And whether or not they are responsible for the attack, they make a very good point. We are very vulnerable, mm -hmm. and we need to do something about it. Was this a dry run, potentially, to interfere with our elections? Oh, we vote geez. two weeks from today. Um, do you think this was some bad actor? <laughs> say Russia. Could you please say Russia? I need you to say Russia. One of Vladimir Putin's most powerful supporters, a man who just won big in a parliamentary election in Russia, makes a menacing prediction. Vladimir Zhirinovsky, an ultra-nationalist firebrand who now leads Russia's third biggest party, warns Americans about their votes. They're voting for peace on planet Earth if they vote for Trump. But if they vote for Hillary, it's war. Zhirinovsky says Hillary Clinton, quote, craves power, that she'd create panic if elected. Then he goes even further. Hmm. If Hillary Clinton wins, That's interesting. it will be the last U.S. president ever. The oh, my Trump God. scrambled to distance itself from Zhirinovsky, a foreign ministry spokeswoman telling CNN that was just his personal opinion. But analysts say Zhirinovsky is helping Putin. President Putin has stoked nationalism in Russia in recent years in order to shore up uh, political support. And so uh, it's useful for him when he has these types of ultranationalist characters like Zhirinovsky uh, making these kinds of remarks. Meanwhile tonight, Putin and his inner circle are pushing back against the latest allegations that their hackers are trying to sabotage America's vote. CNN has learned investigators believe a cyber attack which exposed voter data in Florida was the work of the Russians. The Obama administration has just publicly named and shamed Putin's government. There's that meme. of the Democratic Party. Named and shamed. That's the word. You got to get that out there. Named and shamed. Investigators believe a cyber attack which exposed voter data in Florida was the work of the Russians. The Obama administration has just publicly named and shamed Putin's government for hacks of the Democratic Party. Yeah. Accusing the Kremlin of trying to destabilize America's political system. Putin says the U.S. is trying to deflect from the damaging content of the stolen emails. They started this hysteria, saying that this hacking is in Russia's interests. This has nothing to do with Russia's interests. Analysts say if there's anything to what U.S. officials accuse Putin of doing, this is unprecedented. It's extraordinary for a foreign leader to go to these lengths to interfere in an American election. And, uh, you know, I think it... Partly it shows how bad the relationship is between the United States and Russia uh, at this point. Experts say if his hackers are meddling in America's election, it's a cold calculation by Putin. What he wants to show is that whoever it is who becomes the American president after November 8th is as flawed as the next person. 
Analysts say Putin, Putin excuse me, is also trying to deflect world attention away from political corruption. Analysts say Putin, Putin, excuse me, is also trying to deflect world attention away from political corruption in his own country by trying to portray the American system as being just as bad. This is what I like is this projection right here. You can this is I wonder if this is just humanity. Are we on? Are we are we such flawed psychological creatures that we can't help project like this? You notice the projection that's happening here. Experts are telling them. That Russia wants to take world attention away from their own problems by releasing all these documents. When in reality, it's the United States that wants to take attention away from all of these unbelievable controversies and conspiracies that turned out to be true. And so they're blaming it on the Russians. You see how they're projecting in here and basically portraying what they're actually doing. To deflect world attention away from political corruption in his own country. That's rich. By trying to portray the American system as being just as bad. And he's trying to hit back for what he believes was America's interference in his last election four years ago. Yeah. An accusation you U.S. officials have denied. Okay. We are still in the cyber, and the Russian is strong with this one. A Russian hacker suspected of targeting the United States is being held this morning in the Czech Republic. The FBI helped Czech police take the man into custody two weeks ago, but the arrest was only revealed a few hours ago. The suspect was nabbed during a surprise raid at a hotel in Prague. Jeff Pegues has details of the investigation and what it could mean for U.S.-Russian relations. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. The Russian hacker now faces extradition to the U.S. He was picked up on October 5th during a joint operation by Czech police and the FBI after an Interpol red notice was issued for his arrest. The takedown was on videotape. The man appeared to be caught off guard as police moved in to make the arrest. Police say he fainted and was taken to a hospital for treatment. Authorities say he is connected to cyber attacks on the United States, but investigators have not offered any more specifics than that. And necessarily not in any means necessarily connected to the dnc hack or any of that but we're just making you know hay out of this small-time hacker just two days after his arrest the obama administration blamed russia for the cyber attack on democratic party officials that compromised emails and at the time of his arrest U.S. law enforcement sources were telling CBS News that they believe the Russians are trying to influence the U.S. election by scanning and probing voter databases in several states. How would it that even work? It is still unclear if the man taken into custody is connected to those cyber attacks, but the U.S. has vowed to respond to the attacks. An official told CBS News that the response would be proportional. Oh. Charlie. Ooh. Jeff, thanks. Per- thanks, Jeff. Proportional. That sounds really serious. I have often said that the American people will make the choice that they consider necessary. This is Putin. In any event, we will work with any U.S. leader, whoever that leader is, and whoever the president is. That is, of course, if the U.S. leader wants to work with our country. A while back, about a decade ago, Russia was never mentioned. They never said there was nothing to talk about with regard to Russia. Because it was a third-rate regional power that was of no interest. Remember when Obama called them a regional power recently? Today, the number one problem in the entire election campaign is Russia. 
It's the, it's the main talking point. It's very welcome, of course, but not only, but partially. And why partially? Because all participants in this process are abusing anti-Russian rhetoric and spooling our interstate relations, are spoiling our interstate relations. And this is bad for both our, for both countries and for the entire international community. Let us not forget that globally, we bear a special responsibility as the two largest nuclear powers maintaining international peace and security at the global level. At the same time, you know, as a rule, we try not to talk about this, but they always whisper this to us. Of course, in every election, in every campaign, this is happening not only now, but it was in previous elections. They keep whispering into our ear, our left ear, and then into our right ear. Pay no attention to this. All of this will pass. We will be friends. This is wrong. It is wrong to use Russia as a bargaining chip in international political struggles and damage interstate relations. This is just not serious enough to say the least. This is serious. The second, regarding the assumption that Russia is exerting pressure on someone other than uh, Russia, than other countries, who is telling us this? Who is saying this? Our partners? The administration is doing nothing but putting pressure on all countries. They are eavesdropping and tapping their allies and using this information. This is my response to the hacker attacks. What are we witnessing? Some hackers published information about the unseemly conduct of Ms. Clinton's campaign headquarters. Supporting one candidate for the party nomination at the expense of another? Hysterical accusations that this is Russia's interests were made, but there's nothing in Russia's interest there. They freak out about it to distract the attention of the American people from the importance of what was published by the hackers. And the importance is that the public opinion is being manipulated, but nobody talks about it. Everyone is talking about who did it. But why is it so important who did it? What is important is the content of this information. I don't think you've probably seen that covered much on mainstream media. It's a little brutal to read it. But I think he's well-spoken, and I think the point is well taken. DNI James Clapper just uh, recently said, I think in just minutes ago, uh, that the notion of getting the North Koreans to denuclearize is a lost cause. Uh-oh. Because that's their ticket to survival. Uh-oh. Is that an administration-wide assessment? And, I mean, I would think that would um, factor into the diplomacy that you're working on with um, South Korean. He looks a little freaked I, out. She's I asking. haven't seen the comments. Um, I'm what I can tell you is, him. I'm sorry. I'm quoting him. I have no doubt that you are, but I haven't seen them. So, uh, <laughs> and you have the benefit of your no, smartphone. No, I mean and it I doesn't. I mean, wow. But at least nothing uh, has changed uh, about our policy with respect to the North, and that we want to continue to see a verifiable denuclearization of the peninsula. We want to see a return to the six-party talk process, and that means we need to see the North. Uh, show a willingness and an ability to return to that process, which they haven't done yet. So uh, I, I can't 
speak to that. What I can tell you is our policy with respect to uh, North Korea's provocations and the resolve of the United States and the international community to trying to uh, put adequate pressure on them to change uh, their behavior uh, has not changed. So you haven't given up on the idea that North Korea might be nuclearized or there's something that we haven't given up do. on the we haven't No, I know that you want to see that like I'm um, put aside your you know what you'd like to see <laughs> and talk about what you're trying to affect <laughs> and have you given up on the idea that you will be able to get North Korea to denuclearize. They're the same. What we'd like to see no, is what we not, want to get. No, it's not. The answers, no, it's it's the absolutely answer, not the same. It is the same. What I would like to see is a lot different than what, you know, I think I'm going to get a lot of times. What you... <laughs> or what I actually get. Especially in this... Especially in this briefing. Especially in this briefing. The short, answer, the short answer to your question is no. No. Nothing's so changed about... It is about not an administration... I'm, I'm just saying, like... It is not an administration-wide conclusion that it is a it is a losing proposition to try and get North Korea a lost cause. It is that is not our position. No, we continue to want. We continue our our policy objective is to seek to obtain a verifiable verifiable denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. That guy has got to be in some sort of military purgatory hell that just is the worst job ever Outrage. Soldiers stunned. There is outrage that is boiling over this morning after thousands of veterans are ordered to pay back bonuses a decade after many of them risked their lives on the front lines. What? Kelly Wright is here now with a brand new investigation and how veterans are now fighting back. Kelly, what happened? Go, Kelly. Well, this is a very disturbing development for a lot of veterans who served in the California National Guard. And here's what happened. They received bonuses when they enlisted, and some are critical of the Pentagon asking them to essentially now make another sacrifice and paying this back is amazing. that money is as shit. much as fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> wow. or more. Could you imagine? Could you I imagine? Think they took the bonus, honestly believing that that's what they were authorized. Um, to be perfectly honest, I think the people that did it, that promised them the bonus, should be the ones paying it back. Well, the bonuses for soldiers who volunteered their services were paid the money up front. The bonus was meant for high-demand assignments needed in the Guard, usually like combat assignments. A recent audit shows some improper payments were discovered, meaning that it could have gone to the wrong people. However, in response, the Pentagon is demanding that nearly 10,000 veterans pay that money back. House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy of California is none too happy about it. He's now urging the Pentagon to waive the demands for repayment, releasing this statement saying in part we are the ones who owe a debt for the great sacrifice our heroes have made some of whom have made the ultimate sacrifice the california national guard says it does not have the authority to unilaterally waive these bonus debts and one retired military member sums it up like this heather he says if a person if a promise is made it should be kept particularly for men and women who volunteer to put their life on the line. And an average of $15,000 per family. That is something else. Kelly, thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. 
much better this time. So I got I got to scan a file for you because there's this 10 minute video which Are is we- in the. Uh, Supporters think it's from an old 2020 report. Each story is a startling new accusation against the former first family. It's a bizarre story. It seems to be a tale of a hustler who says he was out-hustled by the hustler-in-chief. The people have made accusations before about the aggressive fundraising practices of both President Clinton and Senator Clinton. You remember this? This was a long time ago. But as Chief Investigative Correspondent Brian Ross reports, what makes this story remarkable is that the accuser is a Hollywood multimillionaire who took home movies along the way. Yeah, and one of these home movies is, this is the part I want to show you, and this is a rather famous one, uh, but I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see it. She's sitting next to this guy who looks like Stan Lee, and Hillary Clinton talks about why she would never use email. This is when she was a senator, I believe, or this is... Before she became a senator, she was going to be going to the Senate, and she's talking about using email as a senator, I believe. Next to Mrs. Clinton. In fact, Paul's home videos picked up Mrs. Clinton, saying she had stopped using email messages because of all the investigations she had been through. Why would I Why would I want to do email? Can you imagine with all the investigations and things like that? Why would I want to do email? Can you imagine? In fact. Paul's home videos picked up Mrs. Clinton, saying she had stopped using email messages because of all the investigations she had been through. Paul says he put up 30,000. Oh, I think maybe she knew. Uh, look at that face. Look at that smoke smoke. Why would I do that? That'd be crazy. Oh, I'll set up my own server. Okay. <laughs> Hillary. It's a 10 minute clip if you want to read, or I'm sorry, if you want to watch about a great old uh, Clinton controversy involving theft and money and Hollywood. It's in the supporter thing. You know, I'll be honest. I did. I did sincerely. I did. I suspected it was. I expected that this email stuff would have been put behind her by now. I, they've really blown this thing. It's kind of. It's kind of. It's kind of nuts. Okay, I got our last clip of the overtime. The first. A light note. Iran's government has a history of censoring what people can and cannot watch on television, even going so far as banning foreign cooking shows. <laughs> but officials there are apparently happy to let people watch one show in particular. Do you have a guess? House of Cards. Oh! State-run television is now airing the Netflix show there with translation. Hardliners in Iran say it's a good teaching tool for how politics in America really works. Oh! Of course, the show is about the fictional South Carolina congressman who lies, blackmails, backstabs, and even murders his way to the presidency. Uh, Iranian media has called Kevin Spacey brilliant. And uh, <laughs> what? that matter, they're right. <laughs> Shep likes himself some Spacey, doesn't he? 
All right, now our last clip of the overtime. I, if you've made it this far, wow, good job. This has been a long one. I'm really impressed. And uh, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on the YouTube. Maybe consider supporting us at patreon.com slash unfilter. Now, I got to play this for you because I feel like this is how all political ads should be. Every political ad, this is the bar that's now set. Doesn't need to be dirty. It, I really like this. I thought this is how all should be, and this would be a great clip to end the show on. We've got room to put 2,700 people in our jail, and it costs us about $103 a day. Gerald really doesn't have any hobbies. Last year's tax rate was 0.4169. This year, we could take that down to 3838. So is he always like that? Yeah, all the time. Which means that the 3838 is probably going to go somewhere between 3838 and 41.69. Most people leave their work at the office. We got three light rail cars. You can put 60 people on each car. So even if you add two cars, you're talking about maybe 300 people that are affected. There are a million people in this community. I mean, that is 0.01 to the eighth power. If you round it off, it's zero. All he wants to do is fix things. So I got this 18 wheeler that's parked in this neighborhood, few and few all over the place, but quite frankly, it's not a code violation. You know, I think I like helping around the house here. Please reelect Gerald. Please. It's adorable. Come on. Elections have been really something this year. That's that's kind of an adorable note right there. All right, that brings us to the end of the overtime. Thank you for being here. Hope you enjoyed the whole dang show. And remember, if you're a supporter. You're over at Patreon. You're supporting us at a certain dollar level. Go back in the history. You can get the BitTorrent sick key and get the clips. We'll be moving to a new system. It's still in development while we test it. But if you want to start playing with LibreVault and help us transition, that'll be where we go in the future. Thanks for being here. See you next time.